This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1513, comic book, movie, and TV talk. I'm Brian Chrisman. I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Adam Murdo. I'm Matt. And I'm Chris Everly. And welcome to the show. As Shane likes to mention, it's our loosey-goosey episode, but it's going to mostly focus on comic book movies. There's been a lot of announcements recently, but I'll call movies. Time permitting, some TV talk, but movie talk is going to go wherever it goes. Let the river flow. Let the whatever... <laughs> Whatever, I'm using my hands more than I should. I can consider my hands right now. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, of course, the usual announcement at the front of the show. But, Shane, hello. This episode of Comic Geek Speak (laughs) is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. Go to InStockTrades for all your hardcover trade paperback needs. If it's on the website, it is in stock. On their front page, it's save up to 60% off. Select Marvel titles. There is thank you sale number five for everybody who was putting up with them while they moved. That really wasn't much to put up, but I'll take a sale. Sixty percent <laughs> off on select. Sixty percent off on select DC titles. So double dip in there with Marvel and DC. American Vampire volumes one through five are still on sale at forty five percent off. And check out their top ten sellers. It's always fun to look at. Not going to read them this time, but <laughs> yes. I always like looking at them. And so again, go to InStockTrades.com. If it's in stock, it's on their site. If it's on their site, oh, it's, it's in stock. stock. God, bass backwards. <laughs> what, what, what are the two things? Ah, <laughs> uh, yikes a hootie. All right. Um, well, before we dive into the, the movie talk, a um, couple of quick things. Uh, I want to ask uh, Chris, uh, how did your um, Halloween sale go over? Oh, it went quite well, brother. Uh, it was well attended. Uh, we did very well in terms of the, our overall gross um, it's a lot of fun. You know, I I have no complaints. It was it was a great day, and of course, it wouldn't have been, been a day if you pants had not won some artist editions. <laughs> well, yeah. So oh, so happy you mentioned that. That's quite of a segue. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I did post a couple of pictures on uh, Twitter and Facebook yep. that yeah, Chris always has great raffles where he's got many things up for a raffle. You can get a ticket. Uh, tickets are like a dollar piece, six for five dollars, or in my case, I got the pants special. Seventy tickets for fifty-two dollars. <laughs> that was that was uh, from uh, Bill did that special, which actually was what it was on the last time. And yeah, Chris had four art editions in the raffle: the uh, Hellboy, the Marvel Comics covers, the Steranko, and the New Gods Kirby. So I put majority of my tickets in those. Actually, put all my tickets in, in the three: the New Gods, the Steranko, and the Marvel Comics. And yeah, I won the Marvel Comics Arts Edition and the Curb, uh, Kirby New God. But Shane Woo-hoo. blocked me for getting the trifecta <laughs> and won, won the Steranko one. Shane, the spoiler. Yes. Yeah, that's been I've been that's been said before. Yeah. So it, it was it was fun for the picture for the picture I was hiring, carrying the two of them like they were like tablets from above. You know, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> so and was, and my the the Steranko one covers my entire body from neck to almost my knee, so it hides all the. Weight I've gained from <laughs> Halloween time candy. 
Well, your description of them as tablets from on high, I think, is accurate because they're, they're probably as big as whatever tablets Moses did have. Those are <laughs> yes. huge. The Staranka one, as Shane mentioned, that's is enormous. Massive. Yeah. And there's another one coming out that size, too. Well, the, that, e- well, the EC ones are around that size, are I they? believe, oh, as well. God. And I'm not sure how big the new Spider-Man one's going to be with the random Romita pages. Ah, that's oh. correct. Um, but I, I will say this. Uh, obviously, we do free comic book day in May. Per tradition, we're going to have a huge sale around that. We'll have another raffle. And uh, you can certainly count on a couple new artist editions being in that as well. So listeners who maybe live a little bit far away, trust me, it's worth the trip it is. To, to come to the sale. And I can, I, can, I can offer you all this invitation now in terms of my brethren here on the air with me. Night before, we should all see Avengers. Ooh. Oh, that's That's right. a good idea. <gasps> nice way to tie in the movies because we did that uh, for yeah, three the last years round yeah, for the yeah. Super Wild Pig Show. Yeah, that's yep. Keiko and I will open our house to all of you, of course. Come on over the night before. All of us in the room. That's it. Not everybody on the air. <laughs> yes. everybody Not just the room. That's Not everybody about the podcast land. <laughs> Come into this house. Be one of this family. It'll, it'll be like that scene of uh, Weird Science when they get to the party. They open the door. Kelly will block open. Hi. <laughs> Ten thousand people waiting to storm the gates. Excellent. Well, that, that's a great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, of course, sir. Chris. Um, hmm. well, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I was thinking of uh, Fight Club where he comes up the one day realizes all these people are staying at the house. The... <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? But, uh, uh, Matt, I have to ask you because Shane just sent me a picture. Why are you wearing a football helmet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told Sophie that if – Sophie is your one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. See, I didn't yeah, say it loud. I was keeping it quiet, just showing him what we were looking at. That if the – Patriots would beat the Broncos that I would wear the helmet during the recording. So I like to keep my promises to my daughter, and You're I – hence I did it. You're a man, man of honor, sir, a man of honor. Yes. Um, but just a word about uh, the arts editions because I, I did post the pictures. And, of course, Peter Reels jumped in on the Facebook saying – that it's gonna be like all the things I put in store and never open it up. Well, Peter, <laughs> Peter, I, I did open, I, I did open up, and it, it is gorgeous. But I, I do have one minor complaint about the Marvel Comics edition. In the very front, it lists the Marvel ta- covers. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Marvel covers. Okay. It lists the table of contents. They're in order of the um, by artist. That's great. List the page numbers, everything. There are no page numbers in this book. <laughs> there are no page numbers in this book. For the love of God, how am I gonna? Because I keep going back because I don't know if all my artists necessarily like who inked it or yeah. or what issue it's from. So guys, come on! I love this books, but Must be it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> Marvel previews never has page numbers either. <sighs> Craziness. Um, but yeah, so again, a great sale. I bought a lot of Daredevil back issues. Got a few more Marvel team ups, two and ones. And Chris had a bunch of those oversized nineteen seventies Treasury editions. Oh yes, oh yes, yep. yep. Now, along with those and Mego figures, when I see those things, they take me right back to my childhood. I feel sure. all warm and fuzzy, and I, I love them, and it's just great. So I had to buy a couple of them. But, of course, I bought them when I already had. It wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so I got an extra copy of Superman versus Wonder Woman. Wow. So since we don't really have any Muddle the Murders currently in our queue, I want to put this towards one of the prizes from Muddle the Murd. Okay. Ah, so tell excellent. us about, once again, what Muddle the Murd is there, Mr. Murd. All right. Muddle the Murd is our in-house uh, trivia segment. Um, I am uh, the, the, the object. The Murd. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm your target, folks. <laughs> Bullseye painted here. Uh, so uh, direct uh, your packets of three 
comic book trivia questions to me. Uh, these uh, threesomes of questions must consist of one Marvel Comics trivia question, one DC question, and one question pertaining to the publications of some other comics publisher. And they must also break down uh, historically as uh, one question relating to comics published before 1970 – one uh, relating to que- uh, comics published between 1970 and 2000, and one question about comics published after the year 2000. And just uh, mail them all in. Uh, I'll email them, I should say, to uh, uh, comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. Yes. Put Muddle the Murd in the subject line, and please don't forget to include the correct answers to the questions when you submit them. And uh, at some point, they will then be uh, well directed at me. And if I <laughs> fail to answer so much as a single question correctly, if I get all three of them wrong, uh, you will be in receipt of uh, this prize that uh, Mr. Christman has obtained, this uh, collector's edition treasury-sized Superman versus Wonder Woman with art by uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Inked by local boy Dan Adkins, uh, and written, written by Jerry Conway, and has oh. pictures of him in the back in the 70s from oh, 1978. Wow. I didn't see that. The art is gorgeous. Oh, again, it just took me right back. Huh? It's a beautiful. I mean, there's some amazing splash pages. The, there's the fight between Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, it's just great. So oh, we got Baron Blitzkrieg. Baron in here. Blitzkrieg, yeah. So put that up in the uh, Muddle the Murd prizes, and it could be yours if you muddle the Murd. All right. Uh, does anybody else have any news to report? Anything off their chest before we dive into the movie talk? All right. Nope. Well, then, right into the movie talk. Uh, do we have a Mohatmu announcement to make? Or Oh! Oh, yeah. Thank you for, for that, Mr. Murder. I almost forgot about that. Wasn't yes. sure we were doing it at the end? Or oh, no. Let's get this all out of the way at the front. Um, the spinoff, if you will, uh, another Murder um, production, uh, is Mohatmu, which has been a daily reading of entries from the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, The starting with from 1983. Exactly. Yep. Uh, he's been putting those out daily, and we put them out on the main CGS feed because I thought I wanted to give him some more exposure. Well, we had a little bit of pushback. You know, it was too much coming on the feed, so we, we did give it uh, its own separate feed. Mm-hmm. Yep, beginning November 3rd. Which is as we record it, what is, what is today is. Mm-hmm. So if you subscribe to this podcast via the everything feed, you should still get them. Um, I think Brian is doing a little bit of tinkering. By the time this episode goes live, there should be a specific um, CGS and Muhatmu feed. Or you can go to the website and get the app to get your daily dose of murder if you don't want to get it, you know, forced upon you, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, you can go to the homepage. At the very bottom, there's the RSS information that's above my pay grade, all the technical stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at some point, we will also then probably compile them all into individual issues and release like volume one, issue one. At some point down the road there, then. But, uh, yeah, so main feed is now no longer has a daily Mohatmu feed in it. But uh, still good stuff. I love listening. Like, today was Black Bolt. Real name? Unknown. Or it was unrevealed, I think, of what it was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the wording, but, yeah, it's, at that time, uh, we didn't know. But yes. uh, later, we learned it was Blackagar Boltagon. Of course we did. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Naturally. You, of course, you knew that. Why, why wouldn't it be? That's right. All right, so diving into the movie talk? Show. Okay. Let's do it. splash. Well, you know, if you haven't lived, lived under a rock recently, you've probably <laughs> seen there's been all kinds of announcements from both Marvel and DC about their upcoming movies going as far ahead as like 2020, I believe, what they've, some of them have been up to, uh, Matt, or are you just focusing on the Marvel stuff? 
No, that's correct. Can you hear me through the helmet there? Is that all right? Can yes, you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> I'll headbutt What's, you with it. Oh, no, don't headbutt me with that. <laughs> no fines here. <clears throat> no so fines. Now, now, me personally, I, I mean, it, it's great news to hear all, all these things, but I can't, you know, invest any kind of time about casting or directing or all that stories and stuff. I'm going to go see these movies more or less probably every single one of them when they come out. But I understand it, it's a big topic of discussion because there's all kinds of new stuff. There's Marvel's Phase 3 has been announced and DC stuff. So I'll turn it mostly over to you, Matt, and, and, and Chris, and you guys are, I guess, really thriving on these movie announcements. Oh, yeah. You want to take point, Chris? Well, uh, we can... Do, do a co-production, my friend. Well, but, can, um, can I can I read but, off? Yeah, I was gonna say. Let me pull please, up some resources. Please, please, please. Okay, uh, let's start with Marvel. Um, they have their cinematic universe, which started in two thousand eight with uh, the first Iron Man movie, and they've had basically what do they call them? Phases. Yep. There's been yep. Phase One, which included Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Four, Captain America: First Avenger. And Marvel's The Avengers. That was Phase 1. And they've all been released. Uh, phase 2 was Iron Man 3. Thor The Dark World. Captain America The Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers Age of Ultron. And Ant-Man. Of course, the last two have not yet been uh, released. Uh, they're in post-production on Avengers Age of Ultron. And, uh, of course, Ant-Man is filming right now. Then Phase 3, which was just announced... Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Avengers Infinity War Part 1, Captain Marvel, Inhumans, and Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Now, those movies are just the Marvel Movies that doesn't make mention the the X Men movies, no, the Spider Man movies, the Fantastic Four movies, but so my goodness, that's a lot. Not a bad one in the bunch. I, I have to say, one of the first things that jumped out at me was there was no. I mean, I, I guess you could crowbar it in here, but there was nothing for an Ant Man sequel. So, to some extent, are they, is it a wait and see, and then we'll see if we can get one, or is it? Uh, at this rate, I'm, I'm kind of even though I wasn't a big uh, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy fan, I I can't imagine they're going to have any real stinkers to not do some type of uh, a sequel. I think it's either a wait and see because they were a little bit more unsure of that one than most of the other ones, given all the problems it's had well, yeah, through I mean, its life. I didn't see anything on your about Incredible Hulk too. Well, that, well, there was something that said there would be no Incredible no Hulk, Hulk or Black Widow solo right. movies. Okay. Well, the comments they made about the Hulk and the Black Widow—I uh, probably read the same article Matt did—was that uh, I think was it Kevin? Why do you pronounce his last name? Feige or that yeah. sounds close enough? Yep, yep, yeah, he's he's the point man of Marvel's uh, Marvel Studios, the, the, the producer basically. Yeah, they they feel those characters work better uh, inserted in these team films, um, and he he made a point of mentioning that the Black Widow would be explored heavily in the Avengers, um, so. That's that's where the, this stick. That's that's the party line is sticking to with those two characters. I think the Black Widow could easily carry a film personally. Ooh, oh, I yes. think so too. And and I hope because a Scarlett Johansson's a superb actress, and b the Black Widow is a really well realized character, both in comics and in film. And the Winter Soldier did wonders for that character. That was I think the best Black Widow appearance yet. And if they could easily do a Black Widow or Hawkeye movie, I, I would love to see the Black Widow in the Daredevil series eventually on Netflix. 
Um, well, it's weird because I remember seeing one of the press junkets for Winter Soldier and Scarlett Johansson got asked about a solo Black Widow movie and she said well, that she's in talks with a couple of ideas that they've been kicking around about what to do. So now all of a sudden they hear that they don't want to do it. I don't know if it's if it's her or um, you know, she, she just gave birth and is that – did that kind of delay something? I, I don't know. So I'm kind of curious how it went from one point where she's actually saying – they're talking about what to do with the character for a solo movie to now all of a sudden there is nothing. Well, we have to remember just because they say these things don't mean they're set in no, stone. that's true. And as far as Ant-Man, I thought that was a good point you guys brought up. I think Ant-Man is a character that's often been under the radar even in the comic world. And certainly, I mean the general population probably knows next to nothing about Ant-Man if he even exists. Um, so they've got two very good actors. I, I think Paul Rudd is an inspired choice to play Scott Lang, and I'm a huge Michael Douglas fan, so I'm glad he's playing Henry Pym. So I, I agree with Shane. I think if that movie does well, and I, I think it certainly has the potential, you'll at least see him either in the Avengers uh, or maybe he'll get, he'll get a second film. But there's no reason to think that they won't do more with Ant-Man if, if the movie – you know, it's, it's always about the bottom line if the movie does well. Yeah. And and that's what I think about about Ant Man is is maybe it's a wait and see if he'll get a sequel, but I think he'll definitely be more heavily explored in the Avengers movies going forward. And if yeah, I agree, Shane. If nothing else, I mean, Ant Man ha- has his own really distinguished history. I mean, it's it's a, a tumultuous history as a character, but you know, there's a lot they could explore there. And I, I think the general population it'd be nice if they knew that Ant Man actually was one of the founding Avengers, and, yeah. they've, and they've said nothing about the Wasp yet at all. Uh, she's uh, in it. Is she an Ant Man? Is, is that Evangeline Lilly? It's supposed to be, from what I've read, and I don't know if this is just kind of again. I, I saw it because I'm a big Evangeline Lilly uh, oh, fan. Of <laughs> misdirection, <laughs> but th- she's supposed to be the daughter of of Janet and and Hank. But there's okay. there's hints that she's, I guess, going to be Walsh, just like they said who the villain's going to be, which kind of they're going to be altering some things in the whole history of. Uh, well, that's that's to be expected. Yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah. since this, oh, that's right. I, this comes after the Age of Ultron, right? Because our comic historian, Mister Murdo, told us a while ago, of course, how Ant Man created Ultron. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that answers that question. I was going to ask myself, oh, 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 oh no, too late. If they were reversed, it would make. But. Well, and it's, it's not to say that that's not where he's going to first appear. Is in Age of Ultron, being the creator of something. But I was going to say they already. I think Whedon already said that it's going to be uh, Tony that makes. Oh, okay. Um, Ultron. Uh, didn't you watch the trailer? No, no, no. I no. didn't get that. Well, oh, my God. It. I'm going to have to turn my headphones off. And yeah, I watched the, the trailer that was on TV, <laughs> but that wouldn't give you a clue one way or the other. No, it wouldn't. Really? Would, no, because it could no. be it could be um, a thing with a place because of pants. The thing with a, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no, it could be Scott, it could be Scott Lang creating it, and, and what happens in the trailer happens independent of Tony doing anything. <laughs> well, that's, not the, that's not the impression I got. But, well, you could okay. be wrong. <laughs> By the way, thank you for tiptoeing around it because I didn't watch the trailer during a, a Shield. Didn't watch the online. I'm sorry, the trailer was online. Yep. And then the scene, I guess, was actually in the Ages of Shield. Right. Which and scene? then they showed two. the trailer. Say that again. There's been two released. There's okay, a second well, trailer. Yep. Uh, well, anyway, I haven't seen any of it because uh, I'm just I'm like that. So because I, that's how you are. As much as Matt reads everything under the sun, you stay away from everything yeah. under the sun. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Night and day. That's right. Right and wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I just that's presumed right. that was the right one. <laughs> <laughs> there again, you'd be wrong. <laughs> I think what's most exciting about their announcements is the fact that they're going to explore 
the Civil War-based conflict between Captain America and Iron Man. Because, um, you know, the third Cap movie is going to be called Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and from what I've heard in, in Avengers 2, they're going to sort of lay the initial seeds for that. Well, they kind of already with the yeah. first Avengers. Well, there's, there's that sort of that personality clash, which is yeah. par for the course. But I'm really interested to see – because I figured the third Captain America would be all about finding the Winter Soldier. Maybe they're so still going to do that too. And I hope they do because I'd hate to see them leave that dangling. Um, but I'm really excited because, again, Marvel has done such great work with their movies that I have complete confidence in, in where they're going. And like the phase one, phase two, that's right from Marvel lore. And when they entered the Bronze Age and they started that new, all the new titles, they called that phase two in the early 1970s. So oh, I did not I, know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. For, whether they meant to or not, that's right from Marvel Comics history. Oh, so okay. I'm very excited for what they're laying out here and – when you have actors as good as Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., who have so perfectly realized those two characters, um, I'm really excited to see how they approach that that conflict and, and the schism that it's going to create. Um, I don't mean to hog here. I'm just very excited. Well, no, about okay. well now, but, again, I'm going to jump in with these questions. I think, Matt, you might have mentioned this to me, and I didn't know it, but the actor who plays um, Wonder Soldier, Bucky Barnes, yeah. Isn't he signed on for like eight or nine? Nine movies. Yeah. Nine yes. movies? Yep. Now, I've heard that as well. As that character, I'm assuming. So, oh, yeah. I mean, how many movies do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got like nine movies in phase three. Not Well, that, that that's phase three. Right. Well, I can imagine he's going to be in, in humans. Well, <laughs> well, I understand that. But, I mean, you know, Cap, Avengers Age of Ultron, Infinity War. But uh, now I'm kind of yeah. wondering because, first of all, and, and I said this before and, and I'll – well, I put on forums and stuff like that, but I'll just say, fuck you, Harry Potter, for all these part one and part twos that you started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there was Kill Bill volume one and volume yeah, two. There's, yeah, there was one it, before It's Harry been Potter. there before. So, so now with, don't, be, don't be a hater. So now with <laughs> two parts to Avengers, are they reworking contracts? So one of the, the oh. theories that I heard was that one Avengers movie might only feature some of the cast and then the other one would feature the other. That way they're not losing everyone at the same time with contracts, but it sounds as though Robert Downey Jr. is open to renegotiating to some extent because he did it for the uh, Captain America 3. Yeah. So, or like Chris Evans, is he going to rework a little bit to factor in that fourth? Well, okay, so I had a thought about that. Not only Chris Evans did we hear, what, a few months ago that he wasn't getting tired of, but but would be open to leaving the character and going on to something else. After I wanted to direct, I think he said. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so you have what's happening with Bucky and the Winter Soldier, and you have him contracted for all these movies, and I'm sure he'll be in a good chunk of what we see here. But what if the fourth Captain America movie is Bucky as Captain America, just like Bucky takes over as Captain America in the comic? I, I mean, that's it, a huge part of it. I think it'd almost not do any more Captain America movies and just use uh, Bucky in Avenger movies or in like cameo type of things. That way, not that you couldn't use. Bucky as Cap, but then this way, instead of starting a whole new trilogy, now you're already locking him into three out of those nine movies or that. You could use him. I don't think you need to have a trilogy, though. I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong, and I'm not saying that he's only going to be used in all these movies as one of the cast. But if they just make a fourth movie, who says it has to be a trilogy? He's already established and fairly popular. It's like uh, Robert Downey Jr. At this point, I don't want to see an Iron Man 4. I'd rather any of his appearances, I'd rather them be in Avengers or, in this case, with uh, Civil War, just so – you're not burning him out and to the point where he you know, he does a fourth, maybe a fifth movie, and he's just like, I'm getting sick of this this character as opposed to now the burn's not all completely on him. Now he's sharing it. So now it's not a whole movie where he's got to kind of carry it. He's part of, of carrying it. So 
Right, but with Bucky, I wouldn't mind seeing one Cap movie where he's Cap. I mean, just one. We also, just, we, yeah. we, also we also take into account that they may make the Falcon Captain America too. Right. Um, considering what they're doing now in the comic, I mean, what's what's fun about all this is, as fans, we have the comic history. So we're excited to see how that's reflected, but they also are taking this – while respecting that history, they're also taking it in very different directions, which I also find equally exciting. So you know, th- this, there's so many possibilities here. Like I, I'm fascinated to see how they interpret the Inhumans on screen. Yeah. Pants, I didn't even know they were doing an Inhumans film. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I didn't hear that oh, one. Yeah. So that, that's – and you know, I'll come back to one of my normal uh, little pet peeves slash rants is <laughs> one of the other studios is going to wake up and go, you know what? Maybe we should try to link up with Marvel. Um, and get these other characters involved. Certainly Spider-Man at the very least, for God's sake. Supposedly that's what they're working on. Well, because they're all going to make a hell of a lot more money, I would imagine. Um, And and the last Spider-Man movie stunk, in my opinion. (laughs) Yes, it did. And and the Fantastic Four movies, while fun, were very weak. I know they're making another one, and Marvel's going to cancel the comic, apparently. Uh, I've been hearing that uh, with the new movie. These sort of, these like, these also-ran films, they're, they're getting left in the dust. Um, because Marvel clearly has established they have a vision um, for where they're going, and it's it's interlocking, and, and there's so much. They're they're just like in the comics when they started, they're world building this whole movie universe, and uh, I we, we've really never seen anything quite like this, frankly. No, no, not uh, at all. Not, not not with this kind of just coherence of, of mission, and uh, I, I you know I'm very impressed. I mean, even even the weaker films like Hulk, they weren't terrible. And, and uh, most of them, I think, have been excellent to just phenomenal. So I, I have to say, uh, Chris, off. Um, go ahead. I, I kind of looked at it with the exception of X-Men just because it seems like that journey is almost coming to an end before they have to kind of reboot or do something different. But uh, for the most part, aside from X-Men, unless it's Marvel Studios movie, I'm not going to see any Marvel character. I'm not going to see Spider-Man. I'm not going to see Fantastic Four just because I like what, what Marvel has built so much. That uh, that that's what I want to know of of Marvel movies is is what the studio has done. And I I think if they're going to push to to reclaim anything or or at least how do you relicense it back to themselves sort of to get in something, I think Spider Man makes more sense because like you had said the other day, Matt, Spider Man is in everything. Yeah. At, at least Spider Man. Whereas the X Men, for the most part, a lot of these big larger crossovers. With the exception of Wolverine lately, most of the X-Men are kind of self-contained self-contained in their own books unless it's an X-Event where the Avengers come in from that perspective. The, the only thing – and I know David D. on the forum I, I pointed this out that if they don't get Spider-Man for the Civil War movie, it would be great to use Black Widow because mm-hmm. she's kind of filled that role. At this point, she could be that role where which side will she fall on because she yeah. does, does kind of have an, an alliance with, with – I mean not so much Tony – as much as it seems like with Cap, but at the same time, it seems like she could be that character that, that kind of gets pulled between the two. Yeah. Now, did I, I don't think I mentioned, but sort of give you the times when these movies are scheduled for release. Of course, Age of Ultron is May 1st, 2015. Ant-Man is July 17th, 2015. Cap Civil War, May of 2016. Doctor Strange, November of 2016. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, May of 2017. Probably right around Free Comic Book Day. I guess it's when the Cap uh, Civil War is in 2016, Free Comic Book Day. Just just a quick interview. Sure. Um, and f- I just heard, I think it was yesterday, that they all but have, uh, was it a 
Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah, signed yeah. up. Yeah. Oh Locked wow, for Doctor, Doctor Strange. That's who I thought they should make Doctor Strange. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Wonderful. Th- Thor, uh, July of 2017. Black Panther, November of 2017. Part 1, Avengers Infinity War, May of 2018. Free comic book day. Uh, Captain Marvel, July of 2018. Inhumans, November of 2018. And Infinity War Part 2, May of 2019. Free comic book day, I'm sure. And now, interwoven in there, um, I'm, I'm pulling some of this uh, off of, uh, this is off of comicsalliance.com. In there, I think August of 2015 is a fantastic four movie from Fox. There's a Deadpool movie from Fox in February of 2016. Right. I forgot about that one. Uh, the X Men Apocalypse looks like about May of 2016. Uh, let's see, Wolverine three, uh, March of 2017, a Fantastic Four two, July of 2017. Um, and there's, there's, of course, you also throw in there's a Spider-Man um, female lead movie, I believe, somewhere thrown in there. There's a Venom movie listed. So, I mean, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Good luck. Well, what what you guys are saying before about Spidey, if I could jump back to that sure. for a second. And I agree with you. Spider-Man is the most glaring on Because Spider-Man is the flagship character of Marvel Comics. And as the Marvel movie studios really take off here, I mean, this is just my own personal take. It actually bothers me you don't see Spider-Man in these films because to me, he, he is like – he's so – like Marvel just released their 70th anniversary tribute comic, which is wonderful by the way. And they're coming out with a big omnibus this coming week. Who's the character featured on the front? Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. All right. He is, he's, he's been the flagship character of that company since at least the 1970s when he kind of eclipsed Fantastic Four in terms of sales and popularity. And – I, I hope someday that I don't know if it's, it's feasible. I, I don't pretend to know the particulars, but that they get him back in here because I mean I think Matt and Shane made a good point about the X Men. They're kind of self contained, and the last X Men movie I thought was excellent. Oh, fantastic! Um, but um, get Spidey in there because he, he Spider Man. Like look at Marvel team up. He works with virtually every other character <laughs> yeah. in, in some capacity, and, and I think Andrew. It's Andrew Garfield, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. He, I think he's a wonderful Spider Man. No, I'd rather movie, than. Reboot, recast, completely keep it separate from what this amazing Spider-Man is. <laughs> well, who would you cast uh, as Peter Parker at this so point? I, anything that's not connecting with the current trilogy that they're working on. So I don't know a specific person. I don't know Fair these enough. young actors. <laughs> Speaking of casting, Cumberbatch is an inspired choice for Doctor Strange. That is perfect. Absolutely perfect. And the actor they picked for T'Challa is also excellent for I, Black I, Panther. I have to say, when they announced when they're on the, you know, the whole thing that they're on the verge of, of signing Cumberbatch, I saw there's a lot of DC fanboys that were pissed because they, they were certain that he would be uh, one of the DC characters. Hmm. And I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't pretend to know what his, his strategy was, but it's safe to say that he's probably signing on for a very uh, you know lucrative – uh, arrangement going forward. I so. like the, I like the fact that they so they it basically have I don't, I don't know what you want to call the the general w- w- the movies we've seen so far and then uh, the Netflix that's going to be coming out that's kind of like your street level guys um, Guardians of the Galaxy they open up the cosmic and you see that they're going to have a sequel and then with Ms Mar well Captain Marvel that, that continues it Doc Strange now they're going to f- go into the supernatural so it seems as though they're not just sticking with what works they're they want to branch out to mm-hmm. to other things and I know when Kevin Moore and I have our secret meetings um, 
Exactly. We, we talked that, you know, if they open up the supernatural, that would be a good avenue to take Moon Knight. And, and they kind of separate. I can't wait the Moon Knight. <laughs> no, that's, like a, that's a good record. point, Matt. That's a good point. You could you could kind of do the more play up the supernatural aspect of him. You could, but I think they're more likely to do him as a Netflix series. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to that either. But it, who's to say it can't be a Netflix series that has a super? You know, why can't they branch out well, as well? Sure, if they're doing Iron Fist, there's already a supernatural it, element to that. And, 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 on t- oh, and on top of that, they could bring Blade back into it that way as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I mean, the Netflix stuff, in some ways, that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. Because they're a series, they can do a lot, they can do a lot more with character development. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like you said, there's no reason why those characters couldn't appear in the movies as well or bring some of the movie characters into some of those series. I mean, what Marvel's doing here, which, it's, look, it's, it's, they're basically taking the playbook they follow with the comics and they're now they're bringing it into the movies. They're world building. They're building this whole interlocking universe. And so far, it's working like gangbusters. So, uh, I want to mention uh, Chris mentioned about the actor for Black Panther. His name is Chadwick Boseman. We probably pronounce that. He played James Brown, and he was he played Jackie oh, Robinson. Yeah, okay. excellent yeah. choice. Yeah. I think he's a fine choice. He looks the part. He's the right age. Um, and I'm obviously being a, a huge Black Panther. Well, I'm a huge fan of a certain interpretation of the Black Panther. <laughs> right. A- and I'm that interpretation has you know. The Don McGregor Christopher Priest interpretation, not the crappy Reginald Hudlin interpretation. Um, that interpretation has really seemed to taken root in the Marvel universe. The way they portray T'Challa now, as you know, a, a Machiavellian king and you know someone who's torn between his duty and his conscience. And I hope we see that in the movies. And I, I just can't wait to see how they realize Wakanda um, on film, on screen, and, and how. And I hope they really do the power of the Black Panther as a monarch and as a major player in the Marvel universe as a power broker. I hope they do that justice. Uh, and he's going to first appear in Captain America: Civil War. Oh, I didn't so, see that. Yes, he's going to first. That's where the character. I'm sure he'll appear in, in multiple films. Um, I'm sure he'll appear in the in the in Infinity War. I, I think everybody's going to be in the Infinity War. Um, I think it's safe to say virtually every character they've introduced will probably appear in those two Avengers films at the end. Because my gut feeling is they're going to show Thanos basically killing everybody, essentially. And then the audience will go, <gasps> and then because they won't realize as people that they're all, they're all going to be resurrected in the second film, basically, which, which will be brilliant. So. Now, that's the but. kind of film, when I, when I think about it, and again, my limit, knowledge of film is limited, but they could do sort of the old Back to the Future 2 and 3 thing where they shoot them both together oh, at the sure, same sure, time. Absolutely. Will. Yeah. As long as they're just better than Back to the Future 2 and 3, that's fine. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the idea is to get them all together and get it all done. I'm, I'm sure you're right get about done. that. done. How, what do you guys think they're going to? How do you think you guys think they're going to interpret the Inhumans on film? That's fascinating. I, I don't know. I am I am really fascinated to see and, even what interpretation they use. I mean, I'm thinking that that first maxi series that was quite a few years ago now, but oh, it's, it's a classic. With yeah. all the changes that have been going on with how the Inhumans have been now lately, it could be completely different. Well, speaking of Black Bolt, Berg, uh, you blow blow the theater out when he starts talking on film. THX sound system. There you go. The audience is listening. <laughs> you know that'd be a great way to introduce that movie if they use something from THX's. Have him just walk out all silent and just make a tiniest little peep and blow the entire screen away. <laughs> I'm just interested to see. I think, like, when you think about the Inhumans maxi series you mentioned, Shane, which is a classic, that was by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee, it's which I believe was a book of the month club back in the day. Well, yes, it was. it was. And then you think of how they were interpreted in the, in the excellent War of Kings miniseries. 
uh, from several years ago. It, they show the Inhumans as like a cosmic player in sort of the order of things because without the Fantastic Four, you know, you, you kind of lose that whole aspect of the Inhumans' history. Um, so I'm interested to see if they interpret them as you know, sort of this floating city above, you know, that 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 plays a role in sort of the cosmic order of what's going on. So it could be very very interesting. And and Captain Marvel, um, or I'm sure they'll call her Captain Marvel, but um, that's going to be Carol Danvers, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I see. So, there's a there's a push online to have Katie Sackhoff player in the in the film. I can totally see that, which yeah. would be totally perfect. Totally. You know, perfect. you know, I initially thought. I mean, she. I don't think now, but when she first, you know, kind of debuted in in Terminator Three. But that uh, Christina Loken. Oh. If, if you saw her in in Terminator Three, like what she had her hair back, I thought no, that, that that to me that looked like Carol, just her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I I've seen her recently, and not not that she's not attractive, but she she looks older than I I picture um, Carol to look. Okay, even though she's probably like three years younger than I am, because that's what <laughs> I, I notice now. But well, it'll it'll be interesting there because they've established in Agents of Shield and in Guardians of the Galaxy that the, that Marvel does have rights to the Kree. Yep. So, you know, I'm wondering if they'll show her initially as like an Air Force pilot. Will they show, you know, the the Marvel Captain Marvel, for example? There's a lot they could do with that. Um, that that's potentially also. These are all these are all exciting. I, I mean, Doctor Strange alone with Benedict Cumberbatch, if that's true, there's he was he's born to play that character. <laughs> well, um, and and, so. and like you say, it's super exciting. There, you said it before about how they can do no wrong. They really can't. I am willing to give them the longest leash possible to hang themselves, even if something's a, a tiniest possibility of not succeeding. But everything they've done, no matter what it is, is just gangbusters. It's done well. It's done right. It's done better than any of us, I think, could have ever imagined a movie universe coming together. Well, when you think about – I agree with you. I mean, I mean there's – look, there's always the positive veil of a clunker. But when you think about where this is – and a lot of this is because, well, A, the special effects. When you think about the Generation X TV film, when you think about <laughs> you know, the early attempts at the Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren, you know, Daredevil with Ben Affleck – these were all terrible to mixed uh, at best, because you know now it's a coherent approach. The effects have caught up to the to the wonders you see in the comics, and and I can't undersell understate uh, overstate this enough. You've got the right writers and the right directors for the most part helming these films without spoiling it for pants. In the second <laughs> in the second Avengers trailer, that opening scene is pure Joss yeah. Whedon. All the way. If Shane, you've seen it, right? You know exactly yep. what I'm talking about. Yep. It's pure Joss Whedon. They've got people involved who are comic fans, and that's vitally important. And, uh, and that's not to say it has to be an interpretation of the comic, because no, they certainly aren't, and no. they're still great. But they, ha- but they, they retain the spirit. You can go mm-hmm. into these movies and say, you know what? That's Captain America. Maybe they've changed some stuff. That's to be expected. Yeah. But the core nature of the character, like his relationship with Falcon, which was captured perfectly, it's all there. The, the, Bla- the Black Widows – when he and the Black Widow are driving in the car and she's talking about what it's like to be a spy, that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. It's just them talking. I wouldn't be surprised if some of that was even improvised by the actors. Um, but and her talking about what is the essence of who she is as the Black Widow. And you, you just these, – these creators get it. They get the characters because so many of these adaptations, how many times we talk about it, the people involved just don't get the material they're dealing with. Daredevil was a flagrant example of that. 
they didn't get it, or maybe they thought they get it, but then they must have been deluded because they didn't get it. <laughs> um, and and we've seen that many many times. Um, not in these movies, not so far. I, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, and we, we we even have to go back to go back to Blade in the late '90s. That's often forgotten. That kind of started. Yeah. You yeah. know this sort of. I mean, and and when you watch the original Blade, and I, I just watched parts of it again recently. It's. I still really enjoy it. I mean, it's it's got a black exploitation feel to it, which is on purpose, which is great. But that movie kind of got the ball rolling. Then, they, then you had X Men One come out. I think a year or so after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, we shouldn't forget. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if I recall correctly, I think Wesley Snipes did Blade because he wanted to be to do uh, Black Panther. That was kind of his. He was connected to Black Panther for a long time, but then he didn't pay his taxes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, although I think it's great that Wesley Snipes went to jail and like. The people who destroyed our economy got bonuses. But anyway, um, you know, but yeah, he was attached to it. That's true. And Ryan Reynolds so. is like in every uh, franchise at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. He was in Blade 3, which was forgettable. Yeah. He was Green Lantern. So, of course, Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, oh, that was terrible. Um, but yeah, this is – I mean Infinity War, I, I really want to see – because I'm assuming it's going to be Whedon. How balls to the wall is he going to go on that? Because – that's going to be full-on Thanos, I would assume, with well, the gauntlet and the whole thing. So, oh, yeah, I would think. Now, now, I just heard that he might not be doing a, the the next two Avengers. That it actually yeah. that the guys that are doing Captain America, those directors are they're in the mix for for picking it up. Well, if they do a good a job on those, they did a Winter Soldier. I'm fine with that. I, I I would rather be Whedon only because I think Josh Whedon is just. Such a tremendous director on so many levels, I, and a great writer. To I, I, boot. I was gonna say that's not necessarily mean that he he won't write or be part of yeah. the script. That he could script it and just not direct it. That's possible. Um, yeah, this is. Jim, I'm blather. You, you can step in about another topic. Okay. I can go on about this for hours. But, well, you know. I want to also give some uh, mention to the DC movies from Warner mm-hmm. Bros. that have been announced. Sure. They, they recently announced, uh, of course, Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice is coming out in 2016. Suicide Squad hmm. for 2016. Wonder Woman solo movie in 2017. Justice League Part 1 in 2017. The Flash in 2018. Aquaman in 2018, Shazam in 2019, Justice League Part 2 in 2019, Cyborg in 2020, and Green Lantern in 2020. It's it's 2014 now. We're talking yeah, movies six, six years. years down the road. <laughs> That's why I can't get too crazy about this, but it, it's, you know, something to talk about for this, but... Um, yeah, Suicide Squad movie. That's jumped out at me. Yeah. Oh, is, is that... Uh, Oh, God. And I thought there was also a Justice League Dark-type movie that Gabriel Del Toro was attached to. Does anybody even know what I'm talking about in the room? I heard about it, but I don't think it's going anywhere at this okay. point. But at this point, and it's it's not that I'm not looking forward to, to some of those at least. To me, with with the track record of DC, they need a couple under the belt before I just look at those as save-a-dates. Like with Marvel, I cement those in. They're oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But with DC, it's like eh, – because if – Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice doesn't do as well as they as they hope, or it, I'm sure it'll make a billion bucks. But people could still say they cram too many characters in there, and it sucks. It's all it's all flash and no substance. Will they continue? I mean, will the next movie? Will will they hold back on Suicide Squad until they get the Justice League movie out, and then kind of feel that out? Well, maybe we should just focus on this instead of some of these, because. So with with Suicide Squad, I, I'm assuming they're going to use the current one to kind of 
pander to the current masses. Well, I don't assume like, anything. I mean, what are you making? <laughs> I'm going to make an assumption. Where's your facts? So, <laughs> you know, think about some of the characters or any of the. Oh, let's just look at Suicide Squad in general, then. Are any of those really name brands that people are going to be? They're going to go. I'm going to give that one a shot because I've heard of. I mean, Harley Quinn is arguably probably the most common name in the general public. Probably now. You know, the thing that Gardens of the Galaxy had is it, uh, Meg ran into this. I had no interest in seeing it in the theater, and she saw Marvel Studios. She said, let's go see it. So to some extent, is it uh, – Marvel had established something that, that people trusted in, a brand. DC, they, they won't have it yet by the time Suicide Squad comes out. So are people just going to go, oh, DC, it's another DC movie? I'm going to go see it even though I have never heard of these characters before. Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be a harder sell than than what Marvel has already done, and uh, and to a certain extent, it looks like DC's trying to play catch up in a way. I hope that they just kind of finally figured out how they can move their universe forward, and it's successful. I'd be perfectly happy if it's just as good as what happens with Marvel. I'm a little bit more skeptical of that at this point because, like you said, Matt, their track record's not so mm-hmm. great. And I'm not saying they have to build it exactly the way that Marvel no, did, no. but at the same time, I don't want dawn of justice to be 30 minutes worth of crowbarring characters in there just to say hey look we cast this character we're gonna have this yeah. character come out out of because then the story itself it's is gonna suffer. get sacrificed yeah and then it'll just like i said it'll be all all flash and no substance and, and i don't want i want substance you know if you want to convince me that dc is gonna have a great movie a great movie franchise you gotta give me good stories and not just what I've heard, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was, where it looked nice, but there was no substance to it. You're absolutely um, right. Well, now, you mentioned about Crowbar and characters. Now, I get uh, Wonder Woman, of course, is going to be in that movie, The Dawn of Justice. Um, but has there – I mean, like, there's rumors I hear of Aquaman being there. Has there been any official announcements, or is it all speculation of who's going to be in the movie? W- well, because they're supposed to be filming it back-to-back with Justice League. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, suppose uh, hasn't filming started on this already, though? Of what? Of the Dawn of Justice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the movie's not supposed to come out until, what was it, 2016? 2016. So that supposedly they're filming things back-to-back with Justice League. Oh, okay. And that's why, even though they, they've cast Aquaman and they've cast Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. they've cast uh, The Flash, Flash and Cyborg, that they um, – that you know, it's a question of will they make some type of a cameo in this next movie? Or is it just that they're filming everything at once that they're essentially – you know they're getting ready for Justice League, okay. and um, and I got to tell you, one of the big things that's been that people want, and I hope they stay away from it, quite frankly, is a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie, because he's supposed to be in hit. Sorry, pants and spoilers. He's supposed to be about forty five. Ah. So, <laughs> like some, me, I could be Batman. <laughs> Look at me, I'm so, Batman. To some extent, all of his rogues should, should really be in there. I don't want to see another Joker. If they would do any type of thing, I would like to see like the KG Beast. And kind of do like an old villain from the Cold War that's still kind of out there type of thing. But, you know, how many – could you get a trilogy out of an older Batman without – I just don't want to see it. I, I, mean, I don't want to see it either. And the other thing is people – well, you know, they brought him on to, to direct, to write, and star in it. And I was like, that's a, that's a lot because he's got to stay in physical shape yeah. to, to do to be what he's going to be here. Then he's got to write it. Then he's got – you know, he's got to – He's directing it as well. Who's he's starring it. it. The, the rumor is that – Oh, the rumor. A- you don't want your rumors. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying – I need facts, sir. I, I see him as being more <laughs> of like to some extent the Sam Jackson – well, the Nick Fury where he's going to be the core of this and he's not going to have any solo movies because he's going to be popping up in all these different movies. It wouldn't surprise me if if the Justice League is essentially Batman and the Outsiders where it's his team. 
he's running it. So that's how they're kind of bringing a realistic version of the Justice League where Batman might not necessarily be throwing exchanging punches with Darkseid, but he's kind of the tactician and more pulling the, the strings behind this, not behind the scenes, but y- you know what I mean? Well, that, and, and that's just it. We've had so much Batman in our lives. Not that that's a bad thing because I've enjoyed the majority of it, but I don't need yet another Batman solo film. Let's yeah. focus on some of these other things. Let's put it in justice league. Let's let him appear in every one of these things as something that's fine because I don't, I don't need it. And if you do a Joker, he's got to be part of, uh, a legion of doom or, yeah. or a crime syndicate or something you can't have and i don't want just joker out there again i, I know because it's going to be compared to heath ledger and heath, i'm not yeah. saying that they can never do a new batman movie no. where they have new but and, and i'd like to say like i said away from those you know give me a kg beast give me a, a hugo strange if we're going to do something part of what's uh, exciting about this is that it's not just batman and superman right. through all these announcements i think also jumping back to suicide squad for a minute i think that movie that concept actually could have potential because kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, because people aren't going to be familiar with characters like Deadshot, for example, who are probably on the team, mm-hmm. they, the studio is free to kind of do a lot more experimentation with a concept like that. And if it gets good press and people are aware of it, it could actually do very well. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, the average person doesn't know, didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. But the, the quirky approach, the music, which was a, a stroke of genius um, – all of that made the movie, uh, you know, it really gained traction, and, and they could do something, you know, similar in, in its own way with the Suicide Squad that could really work. Um, that's my thoughts there. As far as Batman, I agree with all of you guys. I will say this though, and my wife always makes fun of me for this. I've always been a Ben Affleck fan. I think he's been in a lot of terrible movies, but I think he's a very good actor. I think he's an he's an excellent director. Um, I think he's really c- coming up as a director, and. I'd like to see, I'd like to see him have a, a big creative role because I think I think he could add a lot to this universe uh, they're trying to build. Let me ask this guys this question. Oh wait, before you do that, sir, just want to say we have to say farewell to Matt. He's got to get on the road and hit the uh, the gym to train for his next game with the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bye week. Farewell. Oh, it's a bye week. Oh, all right. So you have extra time. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Matt. See, see you guys later. See all right. Night. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Chris. Continue. No, I was going to say, do you guys think? DC should be making efforts, and I can't talk about this as much because I'm behind, to integrate their TV characters with these movies. Or do you well, think they should keep them separate? They, they've already said that they are going to keep them separate, that the okay. people who I, are I, I Arrow okay. and Flash are not going to be in the movies. And part of me part of me at first thought, oh, well, that, that's kind of a shame because you have these great things happening on TV that they could integrate. But then you're – Matt had said this earlier. You're, you're kind of – pigeonholing these people on TV to what's going to happen in the movies. And this way you yeah. keep it separate. You can go your own way with the movies. You know, the movies by this list are way down the road. We've got a lot of time that the TV shows can be there beyond and even be right. done by that time. Well, uh, funny you mention that because um, I've mentioned very briefly my thoughts on TV versus movies. I don't know if I got it off my point over that well, but I, I love TV because you get so many more episodes, you get more development, you get to see actors, you can see more things than just one two-hour movie once every three years. Stephen Mell, who plays Arrow, was recently asked by the Wall Street Journal about uh, a Green Arrow movie. And I'm going to quote here from the, the article. This is actually an IGN article talking about the Wall Street Journal article. He goes, uh, I am completely indifferent, says Mel. 
First of all, wanting a movie undersells the idea that making 23 episodes a year isn't a huge achievement. It is, and I would put that degree of difficulty up against any feature film that has ever been made. Except Lord of the Rings and that gigantic Peter Jackson-led undertaking. And maybe Titanic. But other than those two movies, I'd put making 23 hours of interesting content in a TV season up against anything on the film side. I could have said any better myself. Yeah. Um, so I hope that help answers sort of your question there, Chris. No, no. I, I mean, with, with some notable exceptions. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there's only um, exceptions, I, I, but... I, I would agree with this. I mean, there's... I can think of quite a few films that I think are far more significant than 23 hours of television. But uh, in general, in general, uh, uh, I would agree with him. Yes. So mm. I, I think the other thing about looking at the DC – because I didn't know about all these films you listed. Like I didn't know about Suicide Squad, for example, mm-hmm. or, or Shazam. Um, the thing about the DC movies that I think they've struggled with in some areas, but it just depends on how they've interpreted it. The DC characters – and their universe has a very epic feel to them. And whereas Marvel's always been that more of that scrappier, intimate aspect. I mean, Marvel can be very epic too. But I mean, when you talk about like Superman or the Justice League or Captain Marvel, those are huge concepts. And it takes a tremendous amount of skill and just the right approach to really capture that on the screen without it appearing corny and, and sort of ham-handed. And like Green Lantern failed miserably. Like that. It did not capture, really, in my opinion, the the qualities of Green Lantern that that should be there. Um, and I, whereas the Superman Man of Steel, I know people have different views on that. Overall, I thought that movie did a, did a pretty good job. Um, so I'm I'm just interested to see how they go about trying to capture that feel. Um, I mean, like obviously, a Flash movie has to have a totally different take because it's a different personality than if you're going to do um, Wonder Woman or you know or or, or Batman Superman, but. I'm just I just don't feel like DC has fully gotten that yet. Um I'm sure that they could. I mean I, I revere the Christopher Nolan Batman films, for example. Um so I just I'm I am sign me up. I'm just interested to see these as well, and I'm just interested to see, you know, if they how well they world build and how, how well they interpret them. Adam, you're gonna you're gonna interject there for a moment. Uh, well, just on, on the subject of whether or not DC should attempt to uh, intertwine its um, movie and TV universes, I mean, there are uh, pro and con arguments there. I mean, on, the, on the one hand, uh, thinking of what Marvel has done along those lines, uh, mo- many of the uh, positive remarks I've heard people make about uh, the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was how cool it was that it uh, picked up on plot threads from various movies, you know, Thor the Dark World and uh, yeah. Captain America the Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, that was cool, yep. So DC's uh, foregoing you know, the, the, the possibility to have those cool little hybridizations. But uh, on the other hand, it's just as well because, as you've been saying, Chris, uh, we're not sure that they've really gotten to the point where they can ably uh, uh, do what Marvel has been doing you know, synergistically between, between movie franchises and also between movie franchises and TV franchises. So it's just as well that they're passing up one more opportunity to, to attempt to toddle along in Marvel's footsteps <laughs> and simply do what's comfortable for them. If they want to build two separate universes, one for their television shows and one for movies, that, that's fine. We can just think of it as a multiverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe one, one day we'll have like a Crisis on Earth 2 kind of movie <laughs> where, where we Grant Gustin meets whoever's playing the Flash in the movies. Oh, brilliant. 
Absolutely. That, that's the second Flash movie. Once again, I Great. like the way you think. I want to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> it's in the mail. Okay. Um, talking about Shazam briefly, I think having The Rock as Black Adam oh is God. inspired yeah, casting. I do too. Uh, he just he looks the part. I can t- oh, I'm just so Wait, looking that, forward to that. Has that been announced? Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. I'm pretty it sure it yeah. has. If it hasn't, fabulous. I must apologize, but I'm pretty sure the, that's uh, that's been announced. And who's playing Captain Marvel? They haven't told me. I don't think they've gone that, that far. Yeah. And again, I don't, you can't really call him Captain Marvel because you've got right. Captain Marvel at Marvel. And, and then they own, the co- they own the copyright to that. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other. Yeah, so the movie's back. going to be called Shazam. I, I'm just hoping against hope that they're not going to force the character to go by the name of Shazam. Because it's kind of embarrassing when a superhero can't even pronounce his own name without depowering himself. <laughs> so I'm hoping they'll go with Captain Thunder or something. Since I think I was having this conversation with Danny at the Wild Pig Halloween event. Uh, that he that is actually the, the name given to the prototypical version of Captain Marvel introduced in the very rare and seldom seen Wiz Comics number one. Before, oh, the, the ash can? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. before the, uh, the the big red cheese that we all know and love was then introduced yeah. in full flower in Wiz Comics number two. Well, Murd, as a huge fan of, of Captain Marvel, what's your, what's your feeling on this movie? I mean, what? It's far too soon to say, Chris. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've been keeping quiet through most of this conversation because it, it's all just, just pissing in the wind, as it were, just idle speculation. And uh, Matt himself has often said, you know, until I see something more concrete, you know, why even bother to talk? And yet that never stops him from talking. <laughs> well, my, my we have only, no show otherwise. My only thing about that is <laughs> I, th- I think it's a – you can say that of the DC side of it, the Marvel side. I think you're pretty sure. They put a lot more effort and have proven themselves in mm-hmm. these first two phases that, yeah. yeah, all that stuff they've planned out through 2020, whatever it is, or I actually think that has a really good chance of all happening just the way they want it and have announced it. Now, by now, yeah, they've got their infrastructure in place, yeah. and they, they know what they're you know, how to get the things, these things through the assembly line. Yeah. And they're good at planning these things out in advance. But DC is still finding their feet, it and, seems. And that's part of the frustration is how long has Warner Brothers owned these characters and they still struggle with movies. TV shows they do pretty good with. Cartoons they're phenomenal with. But, boy, movies they've always struggled a little bit. Well, we have to remember, though, to, 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 to balance that, you know – we can't take away the, this, the impact of the first Superman film in 1978. Oh no, absolutely! Which, Never. which, which still for me is one of the best comic book adaptations ever made. Amen. And in terms of capturing the spirit of a character, and I mean, we were, we were very well. Murd wasn't even alive yet when that movie came out. The first, he was born the year later. But uh, well, no, I was just born it, mere weeks later, actually. Well, was it uh, like Christmas time of '78 when it was released? I'm not sure of the month it came out. To be honest with you, um, you could be right about that, but. Uh, the point I'm making is uh, we all grew up with that movie, and we can remember the impact that film had because, you know, as Pants has often noted, you know, he, that famous tagline, you'll believe a man can fly. And the impact of that at the time, I mean, that movie was really was a seismic shift. But, you know, a lot of superhero movies that came after it weren't very good. Um, but also with Batman, I mean, the first. Tim Burton film I, I thought was wonderful, and I can't oh, wait to see Michael Keaton fantastic. kind of satirize himself in Birdman. Um, and uh, you know, for me, the Nolan films are, 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 are a staggering achievement. Um, so DC has shown they, or Warner Brothers has shown they can produce things, but you know, like as Shane was saying, they just haven't found that that footing yet for like the coherent approach. But I mean, I, I'm confident they can do that. Certainly, I mean. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel's just blown the door off with, with just 
they've taken the, the way they they built up their comic universe, and now they've brought it to the films. The special effects are finally there to catch up with that. We can't. We also can't forget that how the, the lack of special effects. You know, maybe it was charming, but really handicapped a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, you can paint Lou Ferrigno green, and it's fun, but <laughs> there's only so much you can do with that because it's it's not really the Hulk, right? It's it's a it's a version of the Hulk that's as limited in what they can actually do. They can't have him fighting the Abomination in 1978. I mm. mean, you know, it's not yeah. – um, or like the Spider-Man show that, that Kevin loves. I love that show. It's fun, but, you know, it's a guy on a string walking up a wall. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> – there's only so much they can do. And not, not to take away from that stuff because I, I still enjoy it, but now they've got the technology and, and they have so much to build from. And if you just have the right hand at the tiller – you're good to go, and I, 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 I'm confident that. And again, like Bird said, this is all fun speculation, but you know, DC can certainly. It's not like Marvel has a monopoly on smart people who know how to write and direct movies. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it can. They, they just. They're, you know, hopefully, that what they're, what Pants just listed these various dates and projects, if they happen, will, will again establish that world building. Because hey, anything that gets comic properties in the public eye. Making people aware of these characters maybe won't do much to save the comic book format in the long run, but it at least keeps that world and these characters alive for everybody to enjoy in, in these various multimedia uh, formats. So, you know, as long as it's quality, the more the better. Here, here. Agreed. Well, are we ready to maybe shift gears and move into some television talk? Sure. Can you call me back? Because unfortunately, I can't participate because oh. I'm a season behind on some of these. Yes, shows. that's no fun. We will get you back on for the next round of episodes, Mr. Eberly. As always, thank you for coming and arrive home safely. Honored brethren, I look forward <laughs> to hearing from you soon. All right, sir. See All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right. So th- there may be some spoilers in these discussions because, I mean, again, talking about comic book movies, it's a hell of a time for comic book related TV shows yeah, right now. Sure I mean, is. Sunday night you've got The Walking Dead. Monday night you've got Gotham. Again, this is all United States we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, you've got The Flash, followed by, on another network, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wednesday, you've got Arrow. Friday, you've got Constantine. Or is it Constantine? No, it's Constantine they're pronouncing. On the TV show, it's Constantine. On the TV show, it's Constantine. That's correct. But it did come to light in the comics that Alan Moore's version of the character was pronounced Constantine. Right. That's why I think I've been been saying that for the most part. But, yeah, it's like. So let's just pretend it's like Earth 1 versus Earth 2. Right, right. Potato, potato. So, I mean, what do you want to talk about first? I know you haven't actually watched all seasons or all shows. The only thing I'm behind on is Walking Dead. Everything else I've seen. All right. I'll I'll just mention briefly about The Walking Dead. No spoilers. Holy cow. That very – the season premiere? Well, and when I say I'm behind, I didn't even watch last season yet. Okay. Well, the season premiere, the way it started out was – Brutal and shocking. I'm going. Oh my god! It was <laughs> cringeworthy. They do a great job of shocking the hell out of you. But there was a cameo in the first episode of the Walking Dead where the actor I forget his name who plays the Penguin in Gotham. Yes. No, Robin Lord Taylor. Thank you, thank you. Was was on the Walking <laughs> Dead very briefly, and uh, I won't oh, say any more about that. But I was like, oh wow, streams <laughs> crossing anyway. Yeah, right. But yeah, that's been really. This is one of the nice things you can do about the TV show and and, and uh, AMC in particular. It's not necessarily all action packed. Boom! They are doing some long 
drawn out scenes, some some single cameras, just keeping on the scene for a long time, no cuts. No, it it's keeping it's a very nice pace, which I'm, I'm amazed a lot of people are just able to sit through that sometimes. But it's I think it's really really wonderful right now what they're doing with it. And again, some of the moments make me go, "Oh my God!" There's some homages again to some things in the comics. There's some cliffhangers and like episodes. It's like I can't wait for the next episode to come up there. There's there's episodes where the whole cast is like not even in the episode where they focus on other characters and so forth. Okay. So again, well, that's one nice thing you can develop these things over. I mean, it's been on for five seasons. There's going to be a sixth season of The Walking Dead. Am I right in hearing that there was going to be a spinoff about other things happening? There's going to be a uh, spinoff of other characters. I don't have specifics on that. I know that's out there, but I haven't really okay. paid much attention to that. But just say The Walking Dead is just still going strong. There was even a post credit scene oh, in wow. the first, in the season premiere where I actually missed it. Uh. And it's heard, heard about it online, went back and watched it again. It's like, Okay, that's interesting. So again, I'm trying not to spoil hmm. it for the guys in the room here, and everyone else out, out on the air is yelling at me, probably. But uh, good stuff. Well, are we caught now? As we record this, we're about half an hour away from Gotham start starting. I am caught up on Gotham. <laughs> are we all caught up on Gotham? Yep. Yep. I'm, the only thing that we're talking about here that I haven't seen is uh, Arrow. Okay. And I haven't seen uh, Constantine either. All right. So, so Gotham. I, I mentioned briefly that. Initially, it was like I'm feeling I'm watching because I had to watch it. It hasn't really pulled me in, but the developments of the last episode, where the penguin who everybody in Gotham thought was killed right. by Gordon and Bullock thought he had, you know, that Gordon killed him, pops into uh, Gotham headquarters, yeah. police headquarters, as just as just, Gordon yeah, and Bullock have been arrested the by the yeah. SCU, MCU. For- Oh, M- oh, did I say? Okay, I was thinking of Metropolis SCU. Right, right, right. MCU, okay. Yeah, so you've got Montana, Christmas Allen. Montoya. Gor- uh, what did I say? Montana. Sorry. Montana. <laughs> 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 Fresh from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Renee Montoya, you've got Christmas Allen, you've yeah. got Harvey Bullock, Jim Gordon, Penguin, all converging together, and it's like, that ending got me going. And yeah. You, you saw Selena Kyle very briefly in, in the like, most recent episode. So, I mean, I'm talking vaguely here. So, guys, we, what are your thoughts on how it's been going these first five or six episodes? It's it's okay. Yeah, I enjoy it enough to watch it. I don't make it a point that if I'm home on a Monday to sit down and watch it. Sometimes I get to. Sometimes I don't. I won't say it's bad, but it's not bowling me over like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, Flash, and even Constantine really Constantine. is. Constantine? Not, not, the, not the, show the show is – we have to accept that the show is Constantine. In the comics, it may be Constantine, <laughs> but on NBC, it's going to be I Constantine. Know, I know. And, and I'm enjoying aspects of Gotham. <laughs> um, it still has to win me over, though, a little bit. I, I, I And I'm giving it the whole season. You know, you know, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started out terrible last – not last, I, the first the first few episodes of the freak of the week they stuff were just pretty like, bad, and it's not even because of the freak of the week no, stuff. No, no, it's not. I just didn't care about any of the characters. It just wasn't going anywhere. It just didn't seem like they knew what they were doing, and then they figured it out. Yeah, and yeah. it's worked. And it and I don't think that's necessarily because of what they did with tying it into Captain America and all that. I just think they found their own way. They finally settled down with what they wanted to do, got an idea, and went towards it. Uh, Gotham has to do that for me yet. Now it's gotten really good the last couple episodes. I believe actually with this build up. Ben Edlund 
wrote this most recent episode who created the tick oh yes he's written a couple i think yeah. he's he's one an executive producer or something like oh, that yeah. of, again of the entire I, show for, for me and i'm just gonna move uh go on a bit of a tangent you know directors writers all that stuff you know is obviously it's very important but sometimes for me i just want to sit in front of the tv and veg yeah. out and yeah. watch the episode and if there's other things that come to light, like, oh, I know that Ben Edlund. Oh, I, there he is. Well, you know, yeah, then that's – okay, great. And sometimes later on reruns or, or a rewatch of some kind, I'll catch something in a credit that will say a name like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of yeah. exciting. So, but- I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% knowledgeable in every single aspect of these TV shows. Just the, the surface, basically, of the, seeing the episode as it airs. I, I think from the start with Gotham, the production value is out of this world. I think the way it's made and looks is absolutely fantastic. Um, some of the, my biggest complaint, and we talked about it a little bit with the first show, is it was way too many introductions all at one time. Mm-hmm. But they've really done a good job of pacing the rest of that out as the episodes have built upon each other, really giving Gordon a, a way to, to build his – what he wants to do with Gotham – even when he has to go against Harvey or kind of rein Harvey and when Harvey doesn't really give a rip and wants to do it his way. And the fact that Harvey cavorts with such criminal elements of Gotham where Jim Gordon's a little bit uncomfortable with that, even even now. Mm. Um, I think the way they're de- developing the Penguin is is brilliant. I think he's probably, and I think a lot of people would agree, he's the best of the bunch of what villains you see in there so far and how they're developing him. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious. I'm really excited and curious to see what they do. From tonight's episode forward. Thoughts, Mr. Murdo? Nope. Well, I completely agree that the show has been on an upward uh, trajectory here. It's improving a great deal. Uh, there have been some times when I just couldn't stop my eyes from rolling and then the <laughs> groan from bubbling up in my throat over the first few episodes. I think that the, the second episode with the, the, those two agents of the doll maker – who show up and are kidnapping kids from Gotham streets. I felt like I was watching – I think somebody else on the, on the forums made the same observation, and I, I had the same reaction. I felt like I was watching an episode of the 90s, the early 90s Flash show. Oh, yes, yeah, that's a good comparison. Episode okay. There was a, a friend of Tina McGee's who showed up and was conducting experiments on the homeless, like injecting them with mutagenic drugs and such. I, I kind of felt like I was watching that huh. as these guys showed up and started kidnapping Gotham street kids. So things uh, got uh, – They've gotten a little less bizarre and uh, less uh, – somehow I feel that on some level they they need to go for these really outlandish plot ideas just to play up the fact that this is a comic book cop drama. There are times when they kind of veer pretty strongly in the direction of the Tim Burton vision of of Batman and of Gotham City you know just yeah, like a toned down version of his interpretation of the Batman world and this sort of uh, postmodern uh, retro pastiche of uh, the, the Gotham City of the golden age mm-hmm. and really it's like one thing i can say for even the most you know ridiculous uh, kitschy cheesy dumb uh, story ideas that they've had it's it's, it's shoddy storytelling in very, very much the same way that a lot of Golden Age comics were shoddy storytelling. So I can, I can write it off as kind of a tribute to that. You know, some of the very hammy, over-the-top uh, performances by like minor characters, uh, like uh, people that uh, the, the GCBD drag in to testify or to, uh, to give them leads. Uh, a lot of those characters are really played to the hilt. and, and you, you, They're kind of like Runyon-esque caricatures. And, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Runyon-esque? Uh, Damon Runyon, uh, writer of short stories of the New York underworld circa the 40s and 50s. Guys and Dolls was based on. So if something's Runyon-esque, it sounds like something that comes out of Guys and Dolls. Okay. 
Like the the people that uh, Bullock and Gordon were dragging me, like oh, I, I saw that guy that last week. He was okay. he was acting crazy. Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't get the reference there. Yeah. So that's I figure that they're probably just trying to play it like they're bit characters in an old like 1940s Batman comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not exactly the show I had hoped it would be, but it's becoming at least a good show over time. I mean, I, I agree completely with those, the, both of you who said that uh, this last episode or two has been a major improvement. Uh, I noticed that the Spirit of the Goat episode from last week contained zero fish Mooney oh, Jada yes. Pinkett Smith, which oh. was a major bone of contention with a lot of people who've seen the show. They hate her over-the-top uh, yeah. Eartha Kid impression. Thank you. That, that, that's an excellent way to put it. I, I was trying to put my finger on it. I just don't, don't care for the character. And yeah, over the top, that's exactly what, what 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 bugs me about it. What do you guys think of the workings with the underground? Like, with, oh, not the underground. Well, maybe the, with the the mafia, like with Falcone and well, Maroni. Well, I'm glad that we're seeing of, of the bigger picture of the power structure. Right, right. Like some of the other major figureheads. Maroni's been introduced as the major rival to the Falcone family. We've seen Carmine. Well, from the very first episode, we saw Carmine yeah. Falcone and. And now we see Fish Mooney with her little plot to uh, get at him with her secret weapon, mm-hmm. this street girl that she's tried to remake into Falcone's dream girl. <laughs> I have to say this. This is, <laughs> this is a minor point, but uh, the, the scene in the episode before last week's where uh, the secret weapon has been all dolled up in her white outfit and yeah. comes strolling in looking like a cross between an angel and like a Wellesley College class president. And here she comes. <laughs> and here's Falcone just sitting here feeding the pigeons in the park. No bodyguards, no Nothing like that around him. He's just there by himself. Dum dum. I'm just a poor, lonely old mafia doll, and I sure do wish I had a sweetheart to sing arias to me. Doop do doop do do. And here she comes strolling in, and it's, it's that 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 meat cute is probably the most ridiculous thing I've seen on television all year. That that Falcone would fall for this is only slightly more plausible than you know, Elmer Fudd falling in love with Bugs Bunny and Greg. <laughs> So the fact that that whole subplot was left out of this most recent episode sure didn't hurt. Yeah. Spoke a lot for it. But yeah, yeah, I agree, Shane. It's nice that we're seeing the the, the landscape of the Gotham underworld, and and I'm I'm thrilled that the the Penguins arc is probably my favorite thing about yeah. the show so far. His what? finding his way into that power structure. And I and I think what what you said about being how the the cops work with the underworld makes sense for the way Gotham is now. Because, like Falcone's character, I think he said in the first episode, there has to be a balance. He, you know, the, Thomas and Martha Wayne provided that against his un, his corrupt uh, mafia family. So now that that's not there, there has to be something else, and 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 Gordon's going to become that. But for now, he still has to work with what he has, and that means Harvey's going to work with Fish Mooney, and that means that. He's got to now uh, answer to uh, who? who did, what was the other crime boss's name? Mar- Maroney. Maroney. Yeah, and AKA the guy who threw acid in Harvey Dent's face. In the oh, comics. right, right. Oh God, I forgot about that. So, so there are things that until if if the show would last this long and Jim Gordon does rise to become the commissioner by the end, you know, like I'm talking the last episode. Here's Commissioner Gordon. By that time, now he'll be able to fix the police force for how he wants. But even in the comics, even in the Tim Burton films. Even as Gordon was commissioner, there's still all kinds of corrupt cops in Gotham. It's just the way Gotham is. So that makes perfect sense for me. Am I surprised that Harvey does a little bit? Yeah, kind of. But I think Harvey will turn to follow Gordon as time marches on. It might not be this season. It might not be next season. But as as their career and partnership progresses, that will happen. I think once 
once this whole Gordon killed Oswald Cobblepot thing is behind them, I think you'll see Crispus Allen and Montoya gravitate more towards Gordon because now they know he's not what they thought right. what well, they thought he was. Well, the, the one thing uh, of Allen maybe, but uh, Montoya, thanks to this stupid subplot they've worked in here about she, how she has a, a past. Which with, I uh, told you was true. Yes. You, you didn't believe I me. Didn't, you didn't believe I it. I didn't yeah. deny it. I just said I didn't pick up <laughs> oh, on it. Oh, that's right. That's right. You didn't pick up I on it. I was too busy being pissed off that these two characters had any kind of prior oh, it connection. Was, it would slap me right in the face I when didn't, I saw that. Yeah, I was too busy. I would have been happy if it was uh, Kathy Kane. I'll tell you that. Oh. Yeah. I, I just saw no reason for those two characters to know each other, period. I don't mm. mind that they had a romantic past. I wouldn't be any more or less troubled by this if it had been Alan and Barbara. Just making sure that I'm not – everyone understands that I'm not being hobophobic about – homophobic. Yeah, I'm afraid You're of hobos. hobos. <laughs> oh, those dirty grifters. When yeah. they have that stick with that handkerchief filled with stuff, the that bindle bothers stick. me. Yeah. What's it called? Bindle stick. Oh, my yeah. God. Bindle yeah. stick. So, yeah, it, it's, it's not the lesbian angle that bothers me. It's that these two characters had any kind of prior relationship, and it's just another cheesy little soap operatic connection between characters that mm-hmm. helps – I, I just don't like – Anything about Barbara Keene. Let's put it where it's at. I, I, I'm, I'm very she seems sort of one dimensional. She is Extremely. kind of annoying. Yeah, and I was very gratified to see that David D. posted on the forum. I'm glad to hear of this coming from the mouth of a professional actor because I had the same thought. Uh, she, she didn't like the actress at all, says that she and Gordon have no chemistry with one another. I don't think she's a very talented actress, and I just don't like her face. <laughs> put it where it's at. It's, it's too. She's got that pointy little pointy, chin and those yeah. big eyes. She, she yeah. looks like a pouty kitten. Ugh. And I don't like the fact that she's this uh, you know, wealthy, glamorous art gallery director or whatever and that she and Gordon are living in luxury in this penthouse someplace. That's not the life of a Gotham cop. Above Gotham City, no less. Yeah. So I that's... don't like her face. And the fact that Gordon can – I mean much as I dislike the character and dislike the actress, I'm also not happy with Gordon for not sharing his little secrets with her. And it, it, it's just a disturbing well, trend in adaptation of superhero material that we're seeing in in other media these days. It's like this patriarchal cop slash hero figure who just can't share anything with uh, the women in his life to protect them. You know, I, so we, we saw this in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, how the you know the, the patriarchal Dennis Leary father cop figure conspires with Peter Parker to keep Gwen out of his out of activities it. as Spider-Man, and now we're seeing it here in Gotham. We're seeing it on the Flash, where uh, Iris isn't allowed to know. Barry's secret at this stage in the games it, it's yeah it's it, it, it's sexist and patriarchal and but at least with with Gotham the way they wrote it I'm not saying it's right and I'm not saying it doesn't bother me but at least when he did share she burned him on it you know as soon as he shared it she called up and leaked it so there also has to be that if if he's going to share with her that's fine but it's it, she can't go and tattle on it every time to somebody that oh well I have a tip for you blah 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 eh. <laughs> that that bothered me even more so oh, yeah that's for I'll right now I'm okay with him not sharing anything with her because she really burned him pretty good a couple episodes ago yeah, yeah which uh, can contributed to my dislike of the character actually. Well, yeah so absolutely thank you for bringing that up absolutely. Shane. Wow. Well, you mentioned the Flash. Move on to the Flash. Oh my God. We can talk more about the Riddler. Talk oh, more about. Um, well, I, I like Nigma in there. Yeah, I didn't think I would, but I, I like his little cameos every now and then with yeah. these quirky little riddles. Yeah, since they uh, omitted Fish Mooney from this last episode, they had more time to devote yeah. to him. Yeah. Unfortunately, and fine. they're playing him as kind of a Sheldon Cooper personality. A little bit. Ah, yeah, that's a good good cast. A little bit. Let's hope he progresses a little bit and just gets yeah. angry, please. And <laughs> I think Bruce Wayne seems to almost be in the way right now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm they could. 
could have shoehorned him into this the last episode easily enough. They have this serial killer uh, preying on the firstborn. And of that's why I thought families, they were going to go with it, and they steered away from that. So bravo yeah. to the scriptwriters for avoiding that yeah. uh, all too easy uh, plot direction, just giving him a little cameo and then moving on. I, I want more Alfred Pennyworth. I could care less if Ruth is involved. Speaking of, of course, played by Sean Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Did you see for Halloween? He dressed up as his father's no. doctor and took a selfie. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Hats off to you, Mr. Pertwee. Um, I, I, I feel like Bruce is in the way. I don't. As much as he's despondent and upset and and torn to shreds over what's happened, as we've read a thousand times over, I just don't think he'd be figuring this kind of stuff out yet. He wouldn't be sitting around with a room dedicated to blocking out all the clues he's gathered in, what, a month's time about his parents' murder. That comes later for me. So if it continues and it turns out good, I'm fine. You know, it is the show. It is the way it is. It's just my least favorite part of it is, is Bruce being in there doing something because I don't think he would be doing anything yet. Okay. On to The Flash. On to The Flash. Oh, boy. Yeah, we haven't even talked about The Flash on the podcast yet, have we? I, I, oh, wow. I'm not sure we have. Um, I think Chris and I did just maybe briefly, right. but... Well, yeah, again, as we record this, we're four episodes in. Right you are. I believe the next episode airs tomorrow oh. as we're recording this. Overall, one of my fears... I think I mentioned one of my, one of my fears early on on the podcast that I was afraid it might become a, a freak of the week, similar to how Smallville did when it first started. Because, you know, you had there, of course, the meteor shower, and mm-hmm. it created all kinds of uh, villains yeah. apparent, or anomalies, uh, freaks, yep. if you will, in Smallville. And sure enough, the same thing's happening on The Flash, the except Flash, substitute you have... you know, super collider accident for meteor storm. Right. However, in the most recent episode, they actually had Captain Cold, who didn't really have anything to do with that. Oh, yes, major right. applause to uh, the, the creative team for that, because in the New 52, Captain Cold's powers are innate. He's just firing cold blasts from his hands yeah, instead of from a gun. I, see, I didn't even know so, that. Oh, thank you insane. so much, creative team of the Flash TV show, for giving Captain Cold back his gun and not following along with what's happening in the New 52 comics. Now, for me, I expected it to be Freak of the Week for at least six episodes. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, like Mert applauds for getting the cold gun right away. I applaud for them not being freak of the week every single week starting now, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they had on the mist. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that they had a version of the weather wizard. But like we talked the other day, Mert, I think his brother will show up as the weather wizard oh, as time marches on. Um, n- not knowing when I first saw the first maybe two episodes, but then finding out that they didn't even know – as a show, if they were picked up for the whole season, made even which more they, sense. Which they have been. Which since, they have been. Right. But made more sense why you would have a Freak of the Week with just a couple little things that could turn into big overarching story. Because why waste the time when you're trying to grab the audience into the first six episodes or whatever it was that they were filming before you find out if you're picked up for the season? Now that they're picked up, I fully expect everything to move forward more heavily intertwined and less total Freak of the Week stuff. And the fact that they didn't kill uh, the mist and threw him in the collider as now a prison um, is kind of interesting because I didn't expect that. Um, Captain Cold and you know Heat Wave kind of right there that that <laughs> Mick, gives, right? gives me high hopes. Um, I'm I have my I have two two versions of what I think Wells works on it will turn out to be, but I think well, we all know what it'll be. Right. Well, it's I, I literally in this last episode where Felicity 
comes in and and then you see um which is Harrison Wells, you know, wheel himself in. Mm-hmm. She goes, is that Mr. Wells? And he's Harrison Wells. H. H. Wells. Mm-hmm. H.G. Wells. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it just hit me. Oh, really? It, it took did. you that oh, long. It wow. did. I swear to God. I'm not, oh. Like I said, I'm sometimes like blinders on, but I'm like, I was like, oh, my God. Could it be H.G. Well, I mean, a reference to H.G. Yeah, Wells. Yeah. No. Time traveling, the yeah, whole thing. Even though the H in H.G. Wells' case stood for Herbert. But still. Well, uh, right. You know, but it's I, the same in Oh, potato, potato. I, Constantine, Constantine. I, I do have to say I picked that up in the first episode. Uh, and See, you're a better man than I. And thought. And part of me hopes this isn't it because it seems like it's too obvious. But I saw, especially after the incident with Simon Stagg. The incident? The incident <laughs> where he kills him. I mean, yeah, I was like, know, oh my God. I really think he will turn out to be the reverse Flash, which makes his use of H. Wells as a time traveler even more prominent that he would have traveled from the future to the past to right. protect Barry. Yeah. Just and, as, and of course, you know, we have the comic background. In our mind, mm-hmm. Joe Q, TV watcher, might not necessarily have that in their minds. But again, they they could be playing on our knowledge, and it could oh, be absolutely. something completely different. Absolutely, and you know that's fine. Again, that moment when I saw, oh my god, it was was amazing. But yeah, at the end of the pilot, <laughs> when he when he stood up, went in the room, and there's the crisis page. Uh-huh. Flash not, vanishes amid red skies. Oh, not, not my only god. that, but in the bottom corner, Wayne Tech uh, um, merges with Queen Consolidated. Yeah. I I can't believe. That I wasn't spoiled by that before I watched the episode. I watched the episode, had no idea that was going to be there. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that you was." <laughs> I, I holy cow! I yelped for joy as well. Yes. I could not believe it. I, never in my wildest dreams. Well, okay. So first of all, never in my wildest dreams did I think that they would bring up a Justice League cartoon that intertwined so many characters and did them so well. Let alone the fact that they would reference the Crisis of Infinite Earths. On a Flash TV show, I, I, let alone on that same page was the Red Skies. Let alone then, do you have a Batman in that universe? Even if he never shows up, it's out there. In that Arrow universe, it's on TV. There is a Wayne. There is a there, – there has to be a Batman. You can't have all this stuff and just be a Wayne Foundation family or whatever it is. It just blew my mind that those three things were on that page. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, I am enjoying the show. There's, I mean, the references, the Easter eggs are a plenty. We had a little discussion about this at Wild Pig, Mert. But did you catch uh, the name of the um, museum curator who phoned in the tip that Captain Cold was in his museum? No. The guy wearing, wearing, the, wearing the bow tie? Was it Dexter Miles? It was Dexter oh, Miles. See, I missed 15 minutes of that episode oh. because I was eating dinner. Wow. <laughs> So I, I saw the beginning, I saw the ending, but there was a chunk in the middle I missed. That's probably part of it. Yeah, so I mean, that you had that. Now, there's so many other things, but one of the things that's, that's bugging me about the show, and I, I, I don't want to be necessarily negative, but it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it's bugging me, the relationship between Barry Allen and Iris West, that they sort of grew up together, and he's got a thing for, just seemed to me a little creepy, because I thought they were more like brother and sisters, what I I, I imagine, and that just yeah, Bar- it seemed think... a little off to me. Am I, am I wrong? Am, am I projecting? Or I don't no, know. Am it, I just completely... It, it seems a little off to me, too. I just chalk that up to Barry himself being a little confused about his feelings yeah. for Iris. He... Okay, alright. And, and then being confused about Iris with Felicity also, because mm. we certainly know there's an attraction there, even though they kind of ha- now have resolved that in the show. Right. There's still... 
still there. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I thought I was really all for Iris, but you know, here's this person who's perfect for me that I'm not going to even try to be with because of Iris. I, it didn't seem quite that awkward. I think I agree more with Murd where it's just Barry being awkward. Okay. But I get, that's the one thing that sort of debugs me there. I love, 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 love the beginning of every show gives you a little blurb. I am the fastest man alive, blah, 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 blah. Just like you would get in a comic where the I, I think he doesn't say, does say, like, I'm the Flash. Uh, I think he I, just says, I'm Barry Allen, the fastest, fastest man alive. alive. He, he hasn't he's, said the Flash That's yet. right, because there's a big thing about it. He almost said in the last episode, is like, the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love how he blurred his face in front of his father oh, yeah. so that he couldn't see who he was. What oh, that, a, that was a great moment. What a great homage. Um, Just waiting for the suit to pop out of the ring. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not kidding. I'm waiting for Cisco to make that at some point and go, hey, I know you can't get back here all the time. Or if you travel, here's a ring for you to put the suit in. And we haven't even – again, going back to the – you mentioned before the 90s Flash TV series, of course, with um, – oh, John Wesley John Ship. Wesley Ship. And Amanda Pays is Tina McGee. Amanda Pays is Tina McGee is going to appear in The Flash. She hasn't, she hasn't appeared yet, but no. Oh, as Tina God. McGee. She's gonna as, be, Tina, as McGee. Tina McGee. Hmm. Now, again, so do we too. know if it's the same timeline? I don't know. That would make my head explode. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness. And you, you talk about references. You said something about, like, the oh. Golden Age Flash reference. Oh, yeah. Super, super obscure. Well, uh, that's, what, that's why we pay you the big bucks, I sir. don't even know if this was intentional, but knowing that Johns is involved. Uh, oh, yeah. It, Jeff it, Johns, of course, is involved with the heavily. Yes, he's with. written or co-written several episodes so far already. Um, so uh, there, there's one quick scene where one of the uh, Central City police detectives says, barks at Barry Allen to get him the Orloff file. And Barry hasn't even begun working on it yet, so he has to go upstairs, use his flash powers really quick to put yeah. the, the Orloff file together and give it to the detective. Orloff is the name of one of the uh, the Faultless Four, which is a group of criminal scientists who appeared in the very first Jay Garrick Golden Age oh. Flash story in Flash Comics <laughs> number one. I know that. I think that's totally intentional then. So, and, I, and, and that's his boss. Um, uh, I forget his name. But he's in the comic too, his, his boss in the um, crime scene investigations. Oh, that's right. Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Captain... David Singh, is that what it is? Yes, and that's right. That's Barry's current boss and was... Oh, see, I'm not reading the current stuff. I mean, not even the current, but even the pre-Flashpoint stuff, I think Singh was in there. Okay. Um, which, which I like to see. I I like the relationship with Joe, the guy who kind of helped raise them. A little bit weird that just because <laughs> the scene where you, where you saw Barry's mother die and Joe's like, yeah, I know, my daughter's best friends with him. Oh, okay, well, you can just take him then. Like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a little weird, a little bit, mm, but I'm happy for it to be the way it is anyway. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I really like the relationship I between Barry and Detective West. Yeah. Loved. I, I <laughs> the kids caught me because again, I'm a I'm a sap dad. When when they're going back and forth about, well, you're not my father right. a couple times, but then in this episode, well, no, you're not my father, but you taught me how to do this. You did this. You did this. So that sounds a lot like a dad. I lost it, <laughs> and the kids are looking at me laughing. Going, Why are you crying? <laughs> Like you will see someday. Maybe. Oh gosh, yeah. But I mean, I, I love Tom Cavanaugh. I just I, I remember from the Ed TV show. Mm-hmm. I thought he was oh, yeah. great on that. Even Carlene. You know, my wife and I used to watch Friends, Mad About You, all the musty TV stuff, and Ed. What a great show that was! Yes. I thought in in its own right. Which I don't believe actually is on DVD. No, I haven't found it. Got yet. my old VHS copies of that story. Wow, <laughs> I do. Um, but then when 
we were watching. Hey, oh, it was a worldwide patch production. I had to keep it. <laughs> when the boys and I were watching the premiere, and she's like, "Hey, is that the guy who played Ed?" I'm like, "All right, Dad, right. So, come sit down." Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> she, she might um, sometime. I I think what the Flash does that's different, and and I'm and I love Arrow, and I love Agents of Shield, and even Constantine, and all these things that have come before. The majority of them have been darker. The Flash is not. The Flash is That's very true. bright and upbeat. Central City there is, is very bright there and is happy. Hope. Yeah, was uh, that you who said about hope? Yes, I did. No, but like also at Wild Pig, we were talking. Was that someone was mentioning we were, had to talk a Wild Pig about hope? Might, might have been you. It might have been, but I don't think it was. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm saying it now. Oh yeah, it's just so different than all the other TV shows about superheroes in any way because it is brighter than anything out there right now. Yeah. I'm very happy that Barry has like a something similar to a network of family and friends backing mm-hmm. him up too. He's not yeah. brooding all of the time. He's yeah. got from get go. He's got Detective West sharing his secret. He's got his little support group over at Star Labs, which includes possibly Killer Frost and Vibe. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was I picked up on H Wells pretty quickly, but Caitlin Snow as Killer Frost that that eluded me at yeah. first. And then when she was talking about Ronnie, Ronnie, and then you know fire and ice. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, somebody – it might be Greg Berlanti, I don't know, or, or Wiseman uh, is a fan of Firestorm. And I think that somebody is hoping to eventually spin off a Firestorm series because as far back as Arrow, we get Felicity Smoke, who was originally a Firestorm supporting mm-hmm. character. And now we've had Multiplex, Killer Frost, and uh, Firestorm himself waiting in the wings. And they mentioned Jerry Conway in an episode of Arrow. Uh-huh. They did. Yeah, they, well, as, as like a character, like Jerry Cor- – give me the Jerry Conway. I was like, Jerry Conway, oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, with, um, oh God, I just lost my, oh, with, uh, Ronnie and seeing him in the episode where you see what Wells does to watch Barry get zapped by the lightning, you see Ronnie go into the collider to save it, assuming he's going to become Firestorm, of course. We are. Yeah. (laughs) I am. You, I think, had said (laughs) that the Firestorm symbol was in that room as they walked through. Wasn't I? Okay, well, somebody did. I didn't even notice that. I haven't caught it yet. Uh, I have to go back and rewatch it again. But it might have just been a generic symbol for atomic energy. And and it could be, and it it could be done in such a way that it looked very Firestorm. And it wouldn't put it past them to, wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it past them to use that as a symbol on the door or around there. But also, that room that they walked into, where Ronnie went through and Cisco locked him in, that was 52. Yes. On the back walls, which was great. <laughs> that seems to crop up. Well, I, yeah, there's Channel 52. That's what's in the DC Universe oh, yeah. back pages, I think, mm-hmm. right now. Yep. Linda, Linda was on in, a, in the first episode. I think there's going to be one of the park appearance. I think she's been cast. Okay. But, of course, that's a, that's a whole thing with Wally West, but we're going. I can, I can, we can go on and on, but let's try and get some more stuff in anything. Well, let's oh, just it, say it, that, to me, Flash <laughs> is the best of the bunch right now. Mm, I yes. think that has. I am really enjoying that. That yes. has the, be- the the most potential to just keep going and be better and better and better. Yeah, I, I would say that I would go so far as to say that it's uh, the, for my money, the best adaptation of superhero comics characters that's ever appeared on the small screen. Wow. You know, I don't even mind the the freak of the week business that you no, and, and no. also Brian Deemer. I, I didn't mind it at all. I expected it and I enjoyed it because it gave you. Multiplex. It gave you the mist. It gave you Weather Wizard, even though yeah. I'm hoping, like we said before, there's another Weather Wizard. It just gave you stuff that I'm like, oh, my God, they're yeah. doing it so good there's right now. There's nothing wrong with self-contained stories. Yeah, that's right. You and I were a little concerned that uh, our colleague Brian Deemer went on Facebook saying, hey, come on, Flash TV show. It's been three episodes. Start building a bigger story. I mean, like, oh, my God. <laughs> what have superhero comics been for decades? They were one-off stories of the hero versus the villain of the month. There's nothing wrong with a superhero-based TV show doing that for a while. It's 
especially yeah. when only you know four episodes have been uh, have been broadcast. I, I, this is. It's a part of superhero, the superhero storytelling format. It's time honored, and as long as it's being done well, and and it's absolutely being done well here. Yeah, it's giving us so actual characters from the comics in a cool way, and there are in in, in the meantime there are subplots building in the background, yeah. like you know the mystery of Barry Allen's parents, the mystery of Professor Wells. I mean, this Smallville is a good example of the freak of the week thing done poorly. Yes, we ended up there with like little mini hour long teen slasher horror movies every week, whereas. Here, we're getting actual supervillains taken right from the pages of DC Comics brought in here for Barry Allen to fight, and, and it's could, a lot of fun. And a good chunk of them are Flash villains. Yeah. So, yeah, so let, let it be Freak of the Week for a while longer. If, if, if I enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed these first few episodes, I could take a whole season of nothing but that. I, I, I really do feel that this is – I wanted to enjoy this show since I first heard it announced. I expected I probably would, and I was not the least bit disappointed. Yep. I'm all in with the Flash. If Freak yay. of the Week gives me the Rose Gallery, more, yay, more yay, to yay. it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, uh, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is – I think they've got like six episodes in so yeah, far. Yeah, that uh, many. I'm enjoying yeah. it well enough. It started a little bit slow for me. Um, it's a little bit jarring because of how it ended last season, which I have just recently watched the entire first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again um, since the DVDs came out. It's not that I'm disliking it at all. Um I'm kind of waiting for it to find its feet this season now. It seems to me like it started out this season a little bit like it did last season in that now the whole status quo has changed. Now everyone's finding their feet again. And I expect from now now that – well, spoilers here since we are. Since Ward we did, escaped we did, we did now. We spoilers. Since Ward's now escaped as, as how the last episode ended, <laughs> yes. now they'll start finding their feet and having more of a purpose to their stories. Mm. I kind of wish they'd kept him locked up in the basement a little longer. I do, too. Well, I, I was enjoying those little Hannibal Lecter chats between her, him and Skye. As, yeah. as Chris Eberle mentioned earlier in the episode, I said, he know he's not going to be in there for the whole season. Of course no, not, yeah. but <laughs> no. could have just thought it a little, little bit longer. longer. But uh, the, the mystery, and again, I don't know... Who Comic Lockman is playing? I know he's Sky's father. I don't know what. I know you know. I don't want to know. I don't know. I have a guess. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's I don't an educated down. guess. Well, okay, I want okay, you to okay. write down you know my what? guess. You know what? Put it, put it on record. Put it on the air because I oh, don't know okay. who it is. I don't know if it's been announced, but put it on the air. Okay. My guess is that he's Dr. Calvin Zabo. Does that mean anything to you? No. Not at all. Mr. Hyde. Oh. Yes. Okay. See? Oh. So that that kind of makes sense. Sky's real name may be Daisy. Because the, I think her name is Daisy Johnson. She's a character who appeared in Bendis's Secret Warriors series a few years back as one of Nick Fury's secret protégés. And, and then she went on to be director of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like so, Quake or something? Yeah, yeah. She had seismic powers. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of thinking that's who uh, the, the Sky's father is going to turn out to be. Okay. Oh, okay. And Sky is going to turn out to be, therefore. Wow. All right. I, wow. Hmm. And it, okay, I, f- I feel much better now. With his temperament, <laughs> I could see that being Hyde. Oh yeah. Oh okay. well, he's clearly superhuman, and uh-huh. he's got a bad temper. Yep. So, so hmm. they keep shining these weird uh, green lights on his face in various scenes. I think we're meant to think he's some kind of Hulk derivative, but uh, my guess, I'm still riding on Mr. Well, Hyde. yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the, the not the faint, but the, the misdirect, the red herring. Yeah. Like, he can't be the Hulk because we know the Hulk is, is so someone else. Yeah, and the, the abomination is someone else, too, so that's Right, it. right. Now, how about the mysterious writing everywhere? I'm not sure where they're going with that at all. Cree symbols is, is, is my That's guess. What I was thinking too. So that could tie into Captain Marvel eventually down the line because her powers are Cree derived. Well, and and not only not only did I think the writing on the wall could be Cree, you know, literally and figuratively, 
Um, I also thought that will eventually lead into the Inhumans movie down the road, or at least their appearance in some movie. Good point. Planting the seeds here for how Sky is being whatever she is. Yeah, because you know the Inhumans, uh, der- the, 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 they were created by the Kree too. The Kree tampered with the human genetic code and created the Inhumans. I thought, what a what a clever way to bring the Inhumans in if it starts here. As this little writing on the yeah. wall and the, the alien they found and the stuff they got injected with. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm loving that idea, Shane. <laughs> I, I was thinking earlier, you know, how, is, how are the Inhumans going to enter the Marvel Cinematic U without the Fantastic Four to make the introductions? So that, that, that could be the way they do yep. it. Uh, and I, that I would really just, hope so. It would make this show even more relevant then. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like how they start out the season tying into Agent of Car- um, uh, Oh, God, that I Agent love Carter. that. Yeah, Agent Carter. Agent Carter, Agent Carter. Yeah. Yes. That, which, that's which, what it's called. Which is going to be, I believe, an eight-episode eight standalone thing. Which also, okay, so you got the Haley big movies, yep. you got the TV show, now you got a miniseries. What, 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 in what world did we ever think we'd get such great <laughs> adaptations of comics in live-action form? A miniseries. A TV show, an ongoing series, movies which are special and series unto their own rights, like starring just fantastic Sharon Carter of all. Yeah. Where's it, Peggy? I always get the mix. Well, up. he calls her Peggy. Okay, well, Peggy Carter of all obscure supporting characters to, to end up with her own you know, solo project, and but, but along time, with the Howling you know. Commandos, because a few of them were on that yeah, that yeah. little clip, which was fantastic as well. Oh, uh, they're just. That's so yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff. I'm, there. I'm still enjoying Agents of Shield. I, I said I'm not really sure where the whole symbol thing is going. Um, now you know the obelisk is pretty cool. Yeah, the obelisk is pretty cool. I'm waiting to see that to do something mm-hmm. now because they're clearly building to something there. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed that what's her name was axed off in the first episode. Um, oh, Lucy Lawless. Oh, Lucy yes. Lawless. I wanted yeah. more of her in it. Oh, but with a mockingbird. Oh, oh love that. Whoa. Wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. Especially given she was supposed to be Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman on the a- TV a- show. Adrian Powell. Oh, I my can't God. Remember. I can't but, Well, she's um, she's uh, uh, Lady J in the G.I. Joe movie with... Uh, right. I'm just trying. Rock. I don't know how you say her last name. Know. I'm sorry. Mm. She but whipped yeah, out those battle staves. What a great addition to that cast. Ah, Yes. And they're, so they're, they bring her in. They're, they're, they're kind of dropping other little Marvel Comics yeah, characters Licky, along yeah. the way. Uh, this most recent episode, we saw the, uh, the Iron Man villain Blacklash, yep. occasionally called Whiplash. He's, uh, he was one of, the, uh, uh, one of the Hydra agents who showed up at the London he safe house. He was kind of the, the, the leader of that cell. Oh. Yeah, he was fighting with the, that long yeah. chain. He was yep. fighting with Mockingbird. I didn't even – Put two and two together and get 14. You know, well, wow. you'd, you'd have to know that his name is Mark Scarlatti in the comics. Well, I, I didn't know that. I wasn't told. There are certain things <laughs> that... <laughs> you missed that issue of my newsletter. I did. <laughs> you better re-up your subscription. Yeah, I'm sorry. There are certain things that I do in recent times with all of these shows where if a name is mentioned, I'll quick without the iPad and I'll Google it and put like Marvel Comics or something and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. And that's how I find out stuff that I didn't know. Yep, that is proving more and more worthwhile as mm-hmm. the show goes Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Especially with S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, having her add to the cast, oh. good, good move. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, so moving down the week, I guess up next is Arrow. Yep. Now, you guys are... I'm caught up. You're caught up, but you're not caring at all. Haven't watched an episode since about six episodes into the first season. I know that it's gotten... I've said, I've told you guys this before, oh, no, 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 but no. you always I, seem I to forget. No, no, I know, I know. It's, it's the soap opera bullshit that scared me away. Oh, I've been told that it got much better after it that. It but sure did. It did. I mean, we, we mentioned spoilers, so we, we they just introduced Rachel Ghoul. Uh-huh. There's Rachel Ghoul. Yep. Holy crap in a hat. We, we, we see the, the building of... Um, Black Canary 
the new Black Canary. Yep, absolutely. Training with with Ted Wild Grant. Cat. Wildcat. Oh my with God. Ted Grant. Now Which, we we had a discussion with. Now he's young. He's not old like I thought he oh, should be. But bad. yeah, I know. We had a discussion with again Danny from Wild Pig at the Wild Pig sale that the chemistry between uh, her oh the character's name is Dinah. Felicity. No, Dinah. Oh, uh, Laurel. Laurel, right, between I, – I know her. Yeah, you know, who was in from the first episode. Right, between Laurel and um, Oliver, their chemistry isn't all that great. They try to shorten on that because she was talking about that. And I, I, I agree with her that, that that's right. But yeah. I'm curious to see where they go with her arc now. With she's, She could be the Black Canary now that her sister was, was killed. Mm-hmm. Who killed her sister? We don't know yet. I don't, I don't even – I don't know. No, nope, I don't have any ideas. A mysterious archer in black. Yes. Yep. Who was not um, – Merlin, not 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 Merlin, no. Or now, is now, he? Here, I think it's Tommy. I absolutely think you it's think Tommy. it's Tommy. Yes, that was especially, my first guess too. Actually, especially given I'm not even Tommy, watching the show, and I thought it was Tommy. Especially given that Tommy was in that first episode in the well, there backstory. Was, there, there was a yeah, not the first one. It was one of the ones well, after, but first was, or second one. He was. Back, in, we went looking for uh, Oliver and Hong Kong. Uh huh. Absolutely, did I think that this new Black Archer huh. is Tommy? Okay. Do I think his father well, well, knows it? No. Now again. Tommy Merlin is Merlin's name in the DC universe. Is that correct? I don't know if uh, Merlin the Archer's first name was ever revealed in the comics. Okay. Well, I think in the first season of Arrow, myself included, a lot of people thought that he was going to turn out to be the Archer when it turned out to be his dad. Right. I was like, oh my god, that was a. And then he dies. By the way, how end. about John Barrowman? How about John Barrowman? Isn't he awesome? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Now, then Tommy dies at the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. And he shows up in a cameo dreamlike thing in the second season, and then he shows up here in the third season. But as soon as that arrow flew, I figured, well, it's not going to be his father. I really think it's him. Whether his father saved him, whether the League of Assassins saved him to go against his father for his father breaking off. There's got to be I, a lattress pit around here somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Could that have been what Race was, was bathing in when we saw him? Absolutely. Although he didn't, he didn't come out like Raven, a lunatic. But it's a show. It could be That's different. That's true. Like there's, there's just things that, that make me think it's Tommy. Hmm. And that would – because I like that guy. who I like the character. I like the way it was played in the first season. And I was disappointed when he was killed off so fast. So to bring him back to then oppose Oliver for everything that happened since then kind of makes sense. And it creates the Merlin Archer as an arch enemy of Arrow even more so than his father. Very nice. I like what they've done with Diggle. I oh, like yes. what they've done with Waller and the, the you know, even last season, the Suicide Squad that we saw in there. Yeah. We heard Harley laugh in the background, mm-hmm. even though there was no mention. Um, I like the way they've progressed Felicity. I like that she went over to Flash. Yes. Um, like their little tie, although the way they aired them didn't make sense. I like how Flash and Arrow had that little discussion in each of their own episodes, mm-hmm. respectively, yep. but they showed them first backwards. Right. Um they're doing a lot of good things. I love uh, what Roy's become in his garb now as Arsenal, Red Arrow, whatever you want to say. I don't think you can say Speedy because that's his sister. Right. And, and of course, now that um, Thea, went with Thea. The, the Thea, you know, training with. Uh, yeah. Pretty darn close. <laughs> you know, training with, with Merlin. Yeah. And, you know, she. Archer. Now, do I think she will become Speedy? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Will she be? Will she be on the side of when she finds out? Because Oliver's going this thing. Oh, I'm gonna not, not lie to you anymore. And yet he didn't what, tell her yet. And when is he gonna tell her? Oh, by the way, I'm the arrow. Yeah, look out. You know, what's gonna be her reaction to that? Oh yeah, she's gonna be pissed. 
Or she's going to say, I knew, just like his mom did. Again, keeping secrets from the girls. Because mm-hmm. she's too she weak ca- to handle the truth. Because she's also now keeping secrets from him. Exactly. Yep. Secrets, 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 secrets. Yeah. But I, I've been pretty happy with that and how mm-hmm. it's come back. Excellent. We're running awfully long here, but let's. I want to touch a little bit because there's been two episodes of Constantine that's been that's been aired. Now, I will preface this by saying I have read no Hellblazer comics ever, so I'm only going on what you guys all talk about whenever I'm we in get together. The same book, same okay. book, same boat as you. I really haven't read much of him. I mean, he appeared, appeared in Crisis very briefly. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and there's things that I've read that he's appeared yeah, in. But. I've read a couple of issues of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing yes. with, with him in them, his early appearances. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, it may not be what everyone's expecting. It's got but a supernatural bent to it. Yeah. He sure looks like the character. I, I think he does. Oh, my God. i got to look at the actor's name now while you keep talking there. Um, he looks a hell of a lot more like uh, Constantine than Keanu Reeves. Oh, right. absolutely. Matt Ryan does a, does a great job yeah. from what I know of a character, yep. what, I, what I think of the character as. Um, the best little Easter egg cameo anything <laughs> yet, Dr. Fate's helmet yeah, yeah, in the yeah. middle of the first episode. Get out. Right on the table. Helm of Nabu yes. right there. Yep. Yes. And I was, couldn't believe and, it. And uh, the, the girl held it up. Yep. And he said, uh, you don't better- Don't get too close. Something like that. You better put that down before- Yeah, don't get too close before he takes over you or something like something that. Like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It just- oh, I'm sorry. That was exciting. That. That was exciting. I'm going to NBC.com right now. Yeah, here yeah. you go. <laughs> it, it's, it's after they find the house, which I'm- I guess is in the comic. I don't know. Like, like, okay, so out of, you know, aside from Peter and so many others saying read Hellblazer, Constantine, whatever, I might actually start doing it now because this show's good enough that it interests me to pick up a trade and maybe start trying to catch up on that. Going from the way back when that started. Gosh, that's been around forever now. Yeah. So uh, as we do, this is only be two episodes aired. So I can't talk a whole lot about it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not bowling me over, but I am, I am intrigued by it. Yeah. Because it's a part of... DC Comics uh, Vertigo that I really haven't Ever. gotten into, so I'm going into it with not a whole lot of knowledge. So I won't be, you know, disappointed that way. But I, I you can probably hook other people because it's got the supernatural yeah. bent to it. There's a, you know, there's a show called Supernatural. We're going to say that's been on for years and years. Yeah. That's, that's that's very popular. Yep, I've been very happy with it. So yeah, but yeah, I did notice when they when because they mentioned oh it's Constantine. It's like ooh, I thought it was Constantine, but. Okay, Constantine. I won't. Yeah, I yelled at the TV for oh, a you while did yell at the TV? too. But I, I gave. I'm picking my battles here. It's... Did the TV yell back at you? Mm. Well, actually, it did. It kept saying Constantine <laughs> <laughs> in an announcer's voice. Yes. But yeah, so we just have to accept this is a different universe yeah. and a different pronunciation. But we know. We know the way it's supposed to be pronounced. We sure do. And by the yeah. way, NBC.com is not showing episodes. Oh. You can't watch full episodes at NBC.com. How about at this time. the on demand? I don't have on demand, so that doesn't do me any good. You should demand your on demand. No, I'm sorry. I watched the one episode of Arrow that my DVR didn't record. I watched Constantine Teen on demand and on my DVR. It might be on Hulu, too. I'm sure. sure. We'll find you a copy somehow. We'll uh, we'll reenact it for you. I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture of it (laughs) on my – because I didn't – no, I did delete them. That will be worth the price of admission, I'm sure. (laughs) Because I wasn't sure how the The – CGS players present. (laughs) So now here's here's something interesting that – interests me because of having kids we sat down to watch the flash because i figured it would be more lighthearted. and it's on at eight o'clock it's on at eight o'clock we watched the first episode and ben seemed to really enjoy it matt did too until the very end and he just lost it he started crying i'm like matt what's wrong it's not like anything ended really bad with flash but what bothered him was that barry's mom was killed 
Oh. It never even dawned on me because... This made your son cry. This made Matt cry. He got very upset about that because he mm. didn't want anything to happen to me. Is someone going to come in and do that to us? Okay, there, there are people that break into houses all the time and do crazy shit, you know. No, we're, we're going to be fine, Matt. Don't worry about it. It's just a TV show with what you see here. But he's like, yeah, I, I really don't know if I want to watch it again. Okay. A couple episodes went by. Now he watched one or two with us again, and he's okay with it. It just surprised me that he got so emotional about it. It didn't even dawn on me that that would bother him. Hmm. Um, Ben's loving Flash. And when I told him, I, I swear I told him before, but maybe I didn't, that Flash appeared, well, Barry Allen appeared first in Arrow. He said, well, can I watch that? I'm like, well, yeah. Do you want to just watch the Barry episodes? And he said, well, when are they? I said, well, they're in the middle of the second season. No, I want to watch from the beginning. Okay, so what last hell? night I gave him the uh, – I showed him how to get through the Flickster app that I have to the Arrow episodes, and he started watching Arrow last night. This is Ben we're talking about mm-hmm. now? Okay, yeah. Okay, go Ben. Right. Um, he, he has wanted to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We haven't done that yet, but now that I have the first season, I'm oh, sure, sure he'll start that and then – intertwine it because he's seen all the marvel movies i took him to see winter soldier uh but not matt matt has yet to sit down and watch it he wants to we just haven't had time to to do that yet so i'm excited to watch ben go through this agents of shield eventually probably very soon now that soccer's coming to a close sort of and watch his reaction as it intertwines with winter soldier then again so he's kind of getting full on into this stuff as much as i am um i'm reluctant to let him watch gotham now, some of his friends at school watch Gotham. Well, that's, all, that's I, all, at 8 o'clock, too. So, hmm, yeah, all right. I that think, was my like best argument I had there. <laughs> but I think Gotham's a little bit not so much for kids. I think there's a lot more that happens in Gotham yeah, that doesn't yeah. happen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash, and even Arrow. As much as Arrow's getting shot up, you know, people are getting shot up with Arrows all the time. It's not done the same way that they're doing the violence in Gotham. I mean, when Penguin sliced those that one guy's neck in the truck, there's blood splurting all over the place. Yeah. Like, there's just things that are about it that... No, not yet. Maybe later. We'll see. Um, and through all of this, in, or- in order to get him, what did he want to do? I forget what he wanted to do related to one of these shows, probably Flash. I said, you have to read the first five issues of Nova because I have had them in digital form on, on my uh, Comixology account forever. And he read the first one when it came <laughs> out and loved it. Yeah, all right, fine. And he read them, and now he loves them. So now he went and got the next five or six yeah, out of the try, bunch. Try so, it. You'll like yeah. it. Yeah. So he's, You're a pusher. He's starting to really, <laughs> beyond his love of the, the Kid Teen Titans and um, uh, Scribble Knots comic that was out there, which he loved, you know, that kind of stuff, which is great. He is starting to venture out a little bit more into th- more mainstream things. Excellent. But he's loving The Flash as well. Great. Can't wait. Well, gentlemen, it's we've been on almost two hours yeah, two this hours. episode. Well, I mean... <laughs> It's a great time yeah. if, if you're a fan of comics and you and you like you know TV and movies. There's a lot of stuff going on, yes, and we touched is. on it just a little bit there. Hopefully that uh, got your interest up. If you already haven't dived into this part of the uh, watch flash. culture, watch flash. Watch, watch flash, watch flash, watch flash, watch flash. Above all others, watch flash, watch flash. <laughs> all right. Did well, if there's nothing else, then I guess we'll sort of wrap it up. Yeah, Shane, get your little See, thing I'm all so ready to go about there. Flash. <laughs> Not the little thing. Let's not go there. Um, this episode was sponsored. Brought to you by InStockTrades.com. Please visit their website. If you see it on their website, it is in stock for all your trade paperback and hardcover needs. To visit us, go to ComicGeekSpeak.com. To leave us a voicemail, 
The number is 267-702-6642. To send us an email, the address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. Stop by the comic forums and let us know what you think of all these movie announcements and TV shows. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We would like to thank everyone who contributes to the show. Send in some Muddle the Murds so we can uh, give away Pants' duplicate comic. Make me sweat, people. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes one listener at a time. <laughs>